This week's episode is brought to you by Dublin Plumbing and Gas. They have our 24-hour emergency services and our boiler replacement specialists. Give the lads a shout on Facebook or Instagram or their website, dublinplumbingandgas.com. Tell them the lads I'm talking about sent you. Yeah, here we are, episode 17, Talking Bollocks Podcast. It's me, CLB. Terry Flower here, and this week we're joined by the one, the only, Christy Dignam. How are you, pal? How's it going, boys? Oh, Christy Dignam, fella. Yeah, the kids, fella. Um, first and foremost, how's the health? Tell us the fuck off if you want now, boy. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, okay, yeah. I have two cancers, right? So I think all amyloidosis, and I've got problem, but they're going to be So the multiple amyloma is kind of in the background, they're not really treating that at the moment, because when you treat the amyloidosis, the same treatment applies for the two cancers. Yeah. So I've been on a chemo called Daratumumab for the last year and the last few months I hasn't been working properly and how I notice it is I get a build up of fluid. So about two weeks ago I got a mad build up of fluid and uh, I ended up in hospital. So we got six litres of fluid out of me. So my heart is that's okay, the heart's yeah. the failure. Because the way, the, way, the way the amyloid works with me is it kind of, it's, it's, it's like wrapping fucking... Um, Candy floss around your heart. So right. your heart struggles to be. So my heart beats at about two thirds of its capacity. Yeah. So then, because your heart is not beating properly, it's not servicing your other organs. Yeah. So then your kidneys aren't being given yeah. oxygen. So then you build up the fluid. And so I don't know, it's in the hands. See the, see the lumps there between yeah. the knuckles? You can't see them on the podcast, but the boys have. Trust yeah. us. Trust <laughs> us. And you get cankles. Your ankles just go, your legs go straight down. Do you know what I mean? You don't get the definition of it like do you know what I mean? yeah yeah so as soon as that starts happening we have to get back into the hospital anyway so tomorrow i have to start a new chemotherapy and hopefully that will right well hope all goes well touch wood touch wood better luck um right jumping into the polls from last week so chris you know how we do this podcast yeah well you, you, you've listened to it yeah where we we give the give it uh, a zinger we a call zinger, it a zinger yeah, so yes. we'll give you a, a one or all. one an either or so last week's ones what do you go if you're going to the pub yeah, yeah. do you say you're going for a drink or you're going for a gargle gargle yeah yeah a gargle I don't drink but if I was going for a drink I'd go for a gargle you say you're going for a gargle yeah three of well, us sitting here so was judges <laughs> not, not a drink between the three of us but anyways jumping into that one Drink wonder, 57% of people. As I said, I'd say that it's more of a, a feminine thing, would you say so, Christy? Look, I'm going for a few drinks, and the boys are going on for a gargle. Yeah. Isn't it? I wouldn't have that. If somebody wanted to drink, you'd expect to go to a water fountain or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. If you gargle drink, you don't drink it. Yeah, yeah exactly, Christy. Love that. But anyways, yeah, drink wonder, 57% of people. That's close enough. It is close enough, to be honest. The next one. I love this now, I'm delighted, I can't wait for this one. So, I lost on this one anyways. And if you're in the chipper, yeah? Yeah. Is it a bag of chips or a single, Christy? A single all day long. I rang the mail the other day and I says two singles and no one was going, what? Did you not know what it was? I had to say two chips. You should have said two doubles. Oh, no, not two singles. Two singles is a double, you should have said. Yeah. You should have said a double. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know Christy Yeah well it's two singles isn't it <laughs> uh, Why do we call it a single do you know Do you have any idea Because I don't know why I call it a single I don't know yeah, It's always been that way Yeah that's a shame I mean I've never heard it before 
No, but yeah. when you went to the, when you go into the chip aisle, look at the menu. It says chips, like <laughs> chips, chips with sauce. You know what I mean? They don't say single. What do you call it? Single. Yeah. We... Oh, do you know what it might be? See, years ago you got your fish and chips. Yeah. And so if you didn't get the fish with it, you just got a single. Ah, Christy had to drop a bit of knowledge on yeah. us there, boys. Shows yeah, them, huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know. And anyways, if Christy's on the ball, there, text in. Let us know what the story is. Yeah, but anyways, bag of chips. Yeah, mount it is. I'm just thinking because you just call it a one on one. A one on one. I heard of that. I've heard of that. So you're getting a one on one with the fish and chips. So if you're not getting the one and one, you're just getting the one. So it's yeah, just getting the single. So I'd say that's where the kind of it's it's turning the it equation, isn't it? Yeah, I'm loving it, boy. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, single twenty one percent, seventy nine percent of people say a bag of chips. It's only bag of junkies whips. It's only natural, isn't it? I know that win that one. And the last one happened last week in the curry shop. Chips, curry sauce, and rice in the tray. What's that called? Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. I, I call it a trio. Like, I, I, trio. So do you call a four and one a quadruple? No. <laughs> and I don't know why I call it a trio either. I, I, I don't know, boys. It's this just the way I was read, boys. It's poxy or I. But anyways, eighty-seven percent of people say a trio and one. Yeah. And 13% say a trio. So I'm on my own there for all three. I'm at the losing out on them. So but what's this week's one? This week's zingers, Christy. Yeah. Do you call the right shop? You're flipping a coin. Yeah. You and your mate flip a coin, say, what do you say it is? Heads or hearts. Yeah. What do you say? Heads or tails? I told you. That's what I told you this last week. He said the exact words you said to him. The reason why it's heads or tails is because the Queen's head is on one side and there's a lion on the other. No, now, I asked my man about this last night, yeah? Just just to be on the safe side, right? So I said, I say heads or tails. And she said, it's called heads or tails because on the old 20p years ago, we used to have, there used to be a pig on it. Yeah. But they used to be a harp, it's always a harp on it. It goes back before that. Even before that again. But Irish coins always have harps on them. So it's heads of harps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so fuck me, so isn't it, boys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. So you're going to have to put that up, and everyone always says heads. So is it either harps or tails? Yeah, so, so that's what we're going to slap up the weekend. Heads or harps? You'll say tails. Oh, heads or tails, yeah, well then heads or harps should smoke, shouldn't they? Well, spritz, a lot of it go heads or tails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say now you, we have enough coaches listening to us there you go look we have a yeah, coin yeah. Yeah, yeah. harps on one side and then it's the Europe on the other side so <laughs> heads on Europe heads on Europe right my one this week right know. people keep saying it was every week they text us in and I just I was bored and woke today so I just looked her up when you're cutting a sandwich what way do you cut it do you cut it diagonally or do you cut it straight cut down, it down, down the middle half. straight down the middle right but a lot of these bleeding scientists have their own studies on it as to why people cut it in a certain way. So if you cut it diagonally, you're more of a, an artist type. So you like attention to detail and uh, you don't like being critiqued and shit like that. But if you cut it straight down the middle, you just want the job done in and out. Boom. As you can see, Christy, Calvin is the brains of the podcast. Yeah, but that's the way. I mean, you're going to make a sandwich. But Christy, you're the artist yeah. at the table here. You should be cutting it diagonally. Yeah. But when you're making a sandwich, it's not about art. It's about fucking eating. It's yeah, about getting the job done. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? You put food in front of me, I'm eating and I'm bouncing. I don't exactly. like these people that try and savour yeah. it and all this crap. You no, know? no, I mean, bollocks. Maybe the same people that eat crinkly chips and all. Chip is a chip, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Just eat the chips and shut up. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. But um, I'd cut it straight straight down the middle anyway straight yeah. down and the middle boys well. like I don't mind I'm not fussy now yeah you need that mind pan bread you eat pan bread and there's fresh it sticks to your palate yeah yeah, yeah I get Pick it yeah. out. 
Backslow is deadly. Check the backslow. Backslow, loud about backslow. Backslow is huge. It's very hard to get into the Tulsa. Yeah. yeah, that's the only thing, isn't it? You know, <laughs> do you know what we had people say as well? And we used to do our toast in, in the grill. Do you know the way you'd have a grill? Yeah. So yeah. We, before, we, we didn't have our toasters when we were growing up. Do you know what I mean? We didn't have fucking televisions when we were growing up. Honest to God, here's a story for you, right? Right, go on, heard us already, Chris. When we were kids, this mate of mine said he had a colour telly, right? And nobody had tellies on the road. He was the only one that had a television on the whole road, right? So he said, I'll leave me when my curtains open. So at nine o'clock, all of us fucking like to look to the road. I'm rather than scared and looking in the... In the window. Thing. So your parents, would, your grandparents would probably remember this. So years ago, tellies were real small, right? So they'd be tiny little jokes. So they used to have these magnifying glass jokes would go on the front of the telly to make the thing stretch it out a bit, right? Yeah. But the magnifying glass was green glass. So everything on the telly would be green and white instead of black or black and green instead of black and white. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought this was a colour telly. He still talks about when they got a colour telly, he remembers the day and all. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yourself look across the road was coming and he said seeing a match on in the local boozer, the car that used to be across the road and he said, it's like being in Old Trafford, you've no idea. It's like you're sitting in Old Trafford. <laughs> no way. dying to see the television. I remember sitting when I was a kid, right? We only had RTA, there was only one RTA. There, was no, there wasn't RTA, one and two or not, right? So you only had RTA. And you had those, you know, those areas. The, the rabbit ears, yeah. Right? And if you, if you, on a certain wind, if the wind was going in a certain direction, you got Harlock television, which was Welsh television, HTV, right? But we used to just, we used to just get the sound, but not get the visuals. So if you can imagine, it was just snow, you know, just shh. But you could hear that it was a Dracula film on. And me and my ma sat for an hour and a half listening to a being Dracula film. What? Just listening yeah. to it. So you don't know how good we have it these days. Honestly, Jesus, you don't. Only remember, here's a story. We're down, there's a place called uh, Muckras Park down in Killarney. Mm. And it's it's all old cottages and it's the ban on tea is there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And she's sitting there making butter or something in the gaff, you know, with the old, you know, stove. Yeah, churning the butter. And uh, we went in one day and we were, we were kind of, we were having been down there gigging, so we got there about half five and we were closing the place up. So I was just chatting to the owner, you know. And she was saying all this, and she said, you have to understand, she says, when I was a kid, she said, there was one phone in the whole village, in the post office, she says, so mm. if anybody wanted to ring you, they had to say what time they were ringing you, and you headed up to the post office. She says, and another person had a radio, she says, and nobody had televisions. She said, now you just have computers and laptops. And, yeah. You know, like, that's a mindfuck. It's madness. Like that, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And like, like, if you look at the way technology has brought us in the last 50 years it's it's gone further in the last 50 years than it has in the previous 500 fucking yeah, years yeah because the last time there was a huge jump like this was when they invented trains because before trains nobody had watches or clocks or anything because nobody gave a fuck about the time <laughs> you know what I mean? it was either daytime or nighttime or afternoon or evening yeah it wasn't three o'clock or ten past two that didn't matter, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It only mattered when trains were there because you had to be there for the yeah, same time yeah. to get the, to get our trains. So, other, and as well as that, people we say in Atlanta never tasted a mackerel because they were too far from the. the it coast, takes yeah. three days to get to the breeding to to, 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 to Atlanta in a horse and cart. Do you yeah. know what I mean? 
So they wouldn't have tasted mackerel and stuff like that. So when trains came along, they started being able to taste the cod and the mackerel and shit like that. So that changed the whole, you know, and then the Industrial Revolution came. And the next big change was the computer age, which is what we're living and in. And what, what, what do you think about it all this day and age? deadly, you know. Yeah, a lot of people uh, are against it and stuff like that. I think that they'd like to go back, back in the day. They the clock back. It's like... When we started for like for example, you've got things now where royalties for albums, right? Yeah. Mm. So the last album we done, it cost us about a hundred grand. We we we're our own record company, right? So we pay for everything, and we work through gig and whatever gigs we do, we generate money. We pay for the album, and then the, whatever it generates comes back to us, right? So anyway, then you boards found bouncing off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so we spent a hundred grand on this album, and in the first two weeks. We sold, I think, 40,000 euros worth, and there was 250,000 euros downloaded illegally. So our record, the, the, the bloke that we had as a distributor, which was Ian My Records, brought them all to court, you know, all these, you know, all, yeah. the Spotify and all this shit. But you can't unring that bell, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's out there now. Yeah. And as soon as you stop one company doing it, another company, it's two hours yeah. later, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I see, I, I, I remember growing up, when all the colour tellies were coming in and people say, oh, that's all bogey shit, you know. That's <laughs> the God. Yeah. We're trying with holy water and all of the walls, you know. Yeah. So you can't, progress is progress. And it's never going to stop, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the reason, the reason that we're old and shit like that is because young people are there to absorb that and, and, and better it, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, well, that's it. Do you know, give a baby at home and they're bummed, they're playing a game, a two-year-old bummed, playing yeah. games instantly. Yeah, I remember my daughter with the phone, right? I was trying to get Tony out on. And she, Air Force song called This Is, right? Yeah, and she what said, a tune, by the way. Da, 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 and a fucking phone. Yeah. Like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? She's playing the song on her phone. Just yeah. on, on the dial tones. Yeah. It's madness, you know, that, isn't it? That's the thing. I think technology is great. It's just that's the people that are a problem. My, my grandson, and he's, he's seven. When he was five, I, even now, I'll hand him my phone. And in two minutes, he's doing Minecraft on yeah. YouTube. I couldn't even do that. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It is, it's but not amazing. Too. It's great, you know. And, you know, there's part of me, you know, this. I look at the crime and all that, that frames the shit out of me, do you know? Yeah. I mean? Where the world is going. And there's, there's a moral fiber that doesn't exist today that existed when we were young. 100%. And I don't, I don't like that. Like, you know, these kids that rang that, that young for the last week, the young one rang the young for and she came in and they, they all jumped out and battered on my bars. Yeah, yeah, I oh, I didn't hear about it. It's in Chicago. So this young one rang this young fellow, 15 year old young from Tala. And she obviously said, Look at you, know, whatever, you must have three young these days. <laughs> and uh, you might have set him up for a meet, you know, to meet him. Yeah. And a lot of young ones jumped out of the bush. And bashed him? Bashed him, Ryan Bart. He broke his leg, his ribs, and his arm. It's scary, isn't it? Like? That frightens the shit out of that end of it. But the other end of it doesn't, you know. Like the other end of it is amazing, you know. Yeah. And I, like when I look at how far it's come in my just in my lifetime, I you know it's it's what's that gonna happen in the next fifty yeah. years, you know? And what do you think can happen, Christy? Give me well, give me an idea of what goes on. Do you know what I mean? I can't, boys, I, listen, I obviously just don't have a great blade and imagination or whatever, yeah. But yeah. I can't imagine ever. There is flying cars now, is that? Or yeah. a flying car getting mad or something like that. We can't imagine ever seeing cars no. flying around. Well, right, the reason we drive on the left-hand side of the road <laughs> is because animals have the right, the right-hand side of the road. So animals used to be on the right-hand side of the road, horses and horses and carts and all. 
And that's why we were relegated to the left-hand side of the road, because cars were just never going to happen. But that was a Commonwealth thing, no? All the Commonwealth countryside on the left. Like, they thought when trains came out first, people thought they were going to bleed to death on the fucking trains, because the speed they were going to, the the noses were going to explode, (laughs) the pressure of the air and all. So, don't be worrying about your lack of imagination, and don't be thinking that it won't happen. Like, so you reckon in 50 years time we'll have flying cars I don't know I think 50 years ago they were saying in 50 years time we'll have flying cars yeah well that's it look at future arm on the telly you know yeah that's what I'm basing around and he wrote the Simpsons so there you go are they from China yeah same my brain isn't it that fella must be worth a rifle but that's the wonder of it isn't it that you don't know what's going to happen yeah it make it think wouldn't it because like 50 years ago I said when people are saying you'd never be able to FaceTime someone in Australia like think about that it's funny that you should say that the other morning I was lying in bed FaceTime my sister with my niece so my sister had a baby in January. You know what I mean? She's on the other side of the planet. Yeah. And I'm there talking and to her. And you can still you know see what I mean? it. It's we mad. phones when we were kids. Yeah. Like, you know, there was a phone box on, around the corner of us. And you'd go around at six and there'd be a queue at the phone box. That, even that's mad to think about. Like, obviously, you don't see phone boxes around anymore. They're all just gone now. But, like, even when we were growing up, people used to fucking, and I'm only a pup, Christy. Yeah, people still used to use phone books. Yeah. Like, years ago. That's mad to think know, about. Yeah. So, so it's a wonder, you know. And mm. that's the thing. You never know what's going to happen. Like, I could have never envisaged 20 years ago what was going to be like now. Yeah. yeah. So, God knows what's going to happen. I think we're going in the good direction. It's just the people are the it problem. Is, though, you have to keep mm. up, you see. Yeah. See, the generations are different now, Christy, as well, in terms of, like, we're, we're only pups ourselves, but I think we have an all the headness from where we grew up and stuff like that. You, like, the same, like, the words that you're you banned from years and days, days and if you said a certain thing but Jesus the, Christ the, the, the or the cunt has gone crazy yeah. it's yeah. gone too far do you know what I mean I think it's gone too far 100% because, like even comedians now aren't allowed to tell jokes about saying things and not even that they're coming yeah. out and apologising for telling jokes years ago like what oh, no, that's ridiculous because at that time and even being people getting done on the, the you the, 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 the what's it the you made of you know that fucking where women are getting stuff and all yeah like I know you shouldn't have been touching up women years ago but you can't be you can't be judging people today on something you've done exactly yeah it's the same on Twitter they're pulling out tweets that people done when you're 15 and they're 35 now but they're banning them over you know which is stupid you know because it was a different world you know and there's the different parameters that's know? the way the times warden that's that I think it is gone too far it's gone far too far yeah and that's the only problem out. that like I'd say with social media social media is blatant amazing like it's unbelievable everything we're at the it's internet all of it yeah it's like everything you know you have to, it'll, it'll take us a while I think to get a balance on it yeah yeah it's happening too fast I think for us yeah, and um, minds aren't working as fast as the technology. The technology is coming. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's you know we need to we need to catch up with it. You know, but I think the, as you were saying, the younger kids, it's not fast for them. It's just yeah, it's, 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 it's just yeah, it's that's, that's instant. So that born now and have the fucking news. That's the wonder of it, you know, and that's what's amazing about. Yeah, and that's what's amazing about life, you know. That's why I, I flatlined when I was in the hospital a few years ago. When I got diagnosed eight years ago, so my heart just stopped, you know, and the nurse came in and he started pumping and. Adrenaline into me, but the, when I was lying on the bed that day, I looked at the nurse. The nurse held my hand, right? She rubbed my hand, and the doctor was just you can imagine they're ripping out my syringes and banging, so they couldn't get it. I had a yelp coming out of my arm, and they couldn't get the adrenaline into me quick enough. So there's a scar there. I mean, so this uh, anesthetist come in, and he just says, Look, we haven't got time to put you under, 
So they just got a scalpel, ripped open my neck there, and stuck a yoke into my neck to get me to breathe again. Mm. So I'm kind of on the bed and I'm like, <coughs> and I'm choking. I think I'm going to choke to death. And it's like, <coughs> and, I, and it just all stopped, you know. Anyway, when I was dying, I, so I said to the nurse, I says, I'm not dying, am I? And she just looked away, do you know what I mean? She yeah. didn't go, I don't know, I And I just went into terror then. And the only thing I wanted was just to be living another half an hour. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's all I wanted, just to be alive for another hour, just to see my family once more, all those things, do you know what I mean? And just, I'll never forget the fear I had. And the only fear I had was of not existing anymore. I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of being dead. I was just afraid of not being alive. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, I do, I get do, get it. It. I do think about that as well, Christian. Like, what happens when you die? Well, yeah, dead. <coughs> it's just gone. It's gone. Yes. Yeah, like, it's I, I tried to think school when I was a kid, right? I was running across the road. And do you know the showers at the side of the road with three bars on them? Yeah. So two of the bars were gone now, but somebody had broke the thing. So I was running across the road and my legs went down the thing and I cracked my skull off the curb, right? Oh, so I was in a... Oh, can I just stop you there real quick? Yeah. Did you just say a curb, Christy? <laughs> the break of my heart. Oh, so yeah. I was going to ask you a quick question now, right? Get back to that story, yeah? yeah I need to interrupt you because yeah, yeah, I'll milk out ahead on the nip now. I'm what disappointed in you. Now, the game, when you when your friend stands on one side of the road, you stand on the other and you have a ball and you're throwing the ball at his feet, what's yeah. the game called? I don't know what we used to call it. Pats. Pats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Ah, hang on for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's called, you're standing on the pat though. No, the curve. No, Christy, you had that oil. The curve is between the road and the pat. It's oh, no, but pat. you're hitting the pat. Yeah, the yeah, but listen, it's called Pats. Underneath the Pats. It's called Pats. Sorry for interrupting you there. I'm disappointed, but go on, go ahead. Anyway, I'm disappointed as well. That's like there's two Irish blokes on each side of the road getting their heads bounced off. The <laughs> <laughs> the top Patrick Hill was on each side now. That's downright wrong. Anyway, so um, I was in, and to turn a long story short, right? So I'm sitting across the road, right? It was this, we used to have these trolleys years ago with the steel wheels. Do you remember them trolleys? No? Yeah, you're a little bit older than this Christmas. I'm not. Walking with the trolley now, right? So, you know, what would you call that, Dave? You're in, the, you're in the engineering business. You know those yokes. So, there's loads of little ball bearings around the steel thing, and then there's a ring in the middle. Uh, the wrong man. Isn't it clear? <laughs> right, so. You have to make imagine, imagine that in a steel ring, right? right? Yeah. And imagine millions of ball bearings going around, right? Yeah. And then another steel ring. Yeah. Right, so if you put something block in there, That'll spin around, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they were the wheels of their truck. Right, it was a fidget spinner. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, it spinner. wasn't a fidget spinner. <laughs> it wasn't even a Anyway, so these are trolleys. So you just get a, a few lumps of wood, stick them together, and then you, you steer it with your feet. Timmy bleeding bones cracking out. Yeah. You steer it with your feet. Right, so they 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 be across. Yeah, we used to them when we were younger, but I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right, so these are just the wheels. So I'm just yeah. talking about the wheels, right? So I used to put pram wheels or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. So the pram steel wheels. wheels. So yeah. we used to have these steel wheels. So there'll be a hill. There was a hill on 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 uh, the road we were on. So this bloke Fireball Quinny was his name. So <laughs> push him, and he used to hate me pushing because I push him too fast. So when you get to the bottom of the road, where where the Pat ended. Yeah. <laughs> He'd go onto the road, you know, because he was going too fast. So he used to hate me pushing him. So I'm sitting across the road looking at him saying, I'm going to push this fuck. <laughs> so, I, so I, it's like I blinked, right? And I opened my eyes. It's three days later. I'm in Temple Street Hospital, right? There's this bloke sitting at the end of my bed who was after being burnt in a fire, right? He had no nose. 
So we had a little scaffold around his face here, like a little tiny scaffold to try to rebuild mm. his nose, and a few tufts of hair sticking out his head, and his head was face was melted, right? So I thought God was because I had this bad thought you you that did. God was at the fucking yeah. killing me, and this was the devil sitting at the end of me bed, oh. right? But the point I'm making about the whole thing, I'm fucked, like I'm going to die serious first. tangent here. Yeah. The, the point, yeah. The point I'm making is those three days were like that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I always thought if you die, that's what's going to be like. It's nothing. It's yeah. Like, like I don't remember being asleep for three days. It was just nothing. It was like a second mm-hmm. later. So the point I'm making is I'm not afraid of being dead because I know when you're dead, it's just nothingness. Yeah. But not being alive is what's killing me. Well, you're gonna miss out. Not seeing yeah. what's next. Not being there, seeing your kids, your grandkids grow up or yeah. something. Do you know what I mean? Things like that, and it's weird, right? So, because when when that happened, like being in a band didn't matter, fuck, you know what I mean? What car you drove, where you lived, none of that mattered. Just seeing your family once more. Exactly. Yeah, it really put things into perspective. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I was on gear for years, and I run around like a headless chicken, wondering what life is about. Do you know what I mean? And there it was in front of me all the time, and I didn't fucking know it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. But it's a scary one that now. Yeah. Listen, it, it, it does. Deep, yeah, the, a bit deep there. But see, I thought I was going deep with the triangle cutting sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> that all stem from the triangle cutting sandwiches. Yeah. But um, listen, you had to talking about you were on gear there and stuff like that. Yeah. So we may as well just jump straight into your story. Well, we'll back, yeah, you'll start. And bring yeah, us back, right we'll back to the start. Right, so. Christopher Dignan. Gitsy. So I was a young fella. I was about 16 or 17. Hmm. And. My, both of my grandfathers, so we are from Dowsdale Street as well. Right? Oh, really? Yeah, my, my granddad. Yeah, I can't say I'm sorry to hear. Yeah, look at the parents. <laughs> can't say sorry to hear. Now we got a belt of a nice so tray. My dad was born, my mum and my dad were, you know, Cole's Lane, as a back at Mill Street. Yeah. So my mum and my dad were born in each end of that, right? But they never met each other while they lived there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then my dad moved to Dominic Street, facing the church. You know the church in Dominic yeah. Street? So if you look across the road, there's the facade of an old terrible the dead. He yeah. also lived in there, right? So they were at, my mum was moved to Dorset Street, and then they moved to my mum moved to Cabra, and my dad moved to Clonliffe Avenue down in Ballybock, right? Yeah. So that's when they met. My mum's in Cabra, and my dad's in Ballybock, and that's when they met. And you know, oh, geez, he was living in Coleraine, so did I, kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Anyway. What, what was yeah, it? Yeah, we're going back to where we're from. 16, yeah. 17, so, so that's how they met. So my granddad, yeah. right? So I'll just tell the story about my ma's dad, right? Yeah. So my ma's dad was an alcoholic, right? Out and out alcoholic. Right? So chronic alcoholic. So my ma's ma's coming out in school. My ma's coming out in school, she's 14 years of age, and she passed her ma in the street. And her ma said, she was the oldest of five kids, my ma was, right? So if we leave, kick our brothers and sisters that dinner at Cynthia, I left at dinner in the oven or whatever. Give get them that dinner. And she thought my I was going to the shops, right? My fucked off to England. That was it. My was gone. So now my ma is like the mother of five kids yeah. with an alcoholic father, right? Yeah. So my grandfather dies a few years later, right? And because he was so poor, because of alcoholism and yeah. all, the neighbours in Cabra all kind of bunched together to pay for his funeral. The granny came back from England, got the money for the funeral, fucked off to England. So my granddad's buried in a bleeding pauper's grave somewhere. And last night, we don't even know where he's buried, right? So my dad's dad, and I know Birmingham's in, in, in Dorset Street. Yeah. So my dad's dad fell off a stool in Birmingham's, just killed over an alcoholic. So I grew up, told my dad never drank, my man never drank, totally anti-alcohol in Agaf, right? So we know the team of alcohol. 
So then I got into the whole music thing and all. I was into all that. So I was into the kind of that that kind of say hippieish kind of. That scene. At that that age, right? So Hash came out, and Hash was like at that time there was no criminal selling Hash. It was a few hippies. Yeah. Thing was sold, and when you bought somebody would buy an ounce of Hash and cut it into four quarters and sell it as four quarters. Like there was no ten by ten spots. Yeah, in the None of that shit went down, do you know what I mean? But only the criminals then saying the money was being made and they stand in then, right? So I used to scour off this bloke over in Mount Pleasant Flats, over in Mount Pleasant's in, in Rockmines, right? Mm. He was a Hells Angels dude. So one day I arrived at the, at the flat and I used to get a quarter of hash up every week. So one day I arrived and I was looking for me. He said, no, hash, I've only got skag. So I was, I was afraid to say, what skag? I didn't know what skag was. Yeah. So he said, well, give us that, that. You know, I thought it was a type of hash. Because at that time, you'd get Moroccan hash, or black, packy black, or fucking red leather. Squidgy black. Yeah, yeah, you know, you'd get all the different types of hash. So every week, you're getting different types of hash. Yeah. So when he said to me, skag, I just assumed it was another type of hash. Yeah. So he said, yeah, well, that'll do it, that'll be grand, you know. So he, instead of me getting, like, a lump of hash, he hands me a little wrap this size. And I said, I said, if I don't get stoned out of this, I was only going back on morning his bike. So that week, it was my brother's 16th birthday. And we were, going, we were all looking for somewhere to go. So he said, I said, how will I do this? He says, just cut it into two lines and snort it. Right, so he says, right. So we, we all got, we had two, two or three cars. And we went to um, Dunabay Beach, right? So you could drive down Dunabay Beach at this time. So we, we, it was coming, coming into night time, we're driving down the beach, right? This is another story, I'll get back to the sky. <laughs> so we're driving down the beach, and I jump out of the car, run up into the dunes, looking for a, a flat bit of grass, because we all had tents with us, yeah. and we were going to spend the night here. It was my brother's sixth day birthday, it was his first night to drink, so we had a few bottles of wine, and he didn't want them being locked at home, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So this was the, what the plan was, and I was going to snort this fucking sky, gear, yeah. whatever the fuck it was, right? So... I drive down and I drove up. Now there's no no space there. And then we drove down, drove down a bit further, and and eventually I look and there's this big lovely green spot, right, real flat green, lovely perfect. Right, we've got a spot. So we called them up, like put the three tents up, built a big fire in the middle of it. So next morning my brother wakes me up. He says, Christopher, Christopher, get up. So I stuck my head out the bleeding tent, right. We're on the green a fucking partner on golf course. <laughs> on, on the green. I didn't realise we'd gone so far up that we arrived at Partran and we're on the Partran golf course now. So there's these three outfits on the top of the hill with our golf clubs, golf clubs and they're looking. There's about that height of ashes in the middle of the bleeding, in the middle of the thirteenth green. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's just a big pile of fucking ashes. There's bits of burgers. Bits of bones all over the bleeding. Bottles of wine everywhere. Bottles of wine everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm legging her off there, pulling the tents down into the cars, and booting back down, down the trying to get off the beach before they got the old billion to get us all arrested. But in the meantime, I'd snorted this, this sky thing, and it was just, I just thought this is amazing. This is, like, do you know what I thought, right? So I, I was hairy eight when I was a kid, right? When I was five. I when I was six, and then it happened again when I was nine, right? With two different people that lived on me road, right? So the first fella, what, I used to get a bottle of coke from him. When I came back, he says, come on in. And when I came in, he locked the doors, and the, the, all the curtains were pulled. But he took me laces down my shoes, stripped me off, tied me to a chair, and fucking 
Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Right. So when that happened, after that, I always had this, you know, when you're hungry and you have like that non-fucking starving feeling. Yeah. I lived with that all my life. I didn't know what it was, but I had this fucking hole in my life, right? So when I took Skag this night, the fucking hole went, right? And for the first time in my life, I didn't feel stoned or high, I just felt normal. I said, now I know how you wake up every morning. Hey, do you know what I mean? How yeah. you all wake up. Now I know what it feels like to be fucking normal, right? So then the next day, you have a choice. You have a choice to go back to the hole or... Oh, yeah, to be free, that, yeah. The peace that you've had, right? So I start, I start researching and I said, it takes three weeks to get strung out. We'll do it for two and a half weeks. And I'll stop the day before three weeks. This is the show you tell you. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So over the three weeks, we are going away to bleed in uh, Germany. To, we're doing a few gigs in Germany. So I'm over in Germany and I start going into withdrawals. But I didn't know I was going into withdrawals. I was just telling myself going to bits, right? So we called the doctor. The doctor comes and says, I can't see fucking nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you, you know what I mean? What the fucking is? I'm in bits, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure you, the diarrhea, the flu, everything, you know. So you must have a flu coming on over there. Anyway, we are coming back to Dublin. There was a minibus picking us up in Dublin Airport and driving us to Waterford because we had a gig in Waterford that night. So Catherine came down, I rang Catherine, because I hadn't seen her for a while because we yeah. were in the wait yeah, yeah. before that as well. <laughs> so I rang Catherine, I said, a mate that's going to bring you down. So the mate that was bringing that down brought down a bit of gear, right? So after the gig, there was a lot of people looking for autographs and all, right? And the man was saying, look, we to do autographs. And I said, oh, forget about it, I can't do it. Great bits, leave me alone. So I walk into the room and they went off to do that, right? Your man took out the gear, right, the smoke. Five minutes later, I'm doing cartwheels out the bleeding. <laughs> yeah, for an hour, yes. And then the band went to that and it just went strung out, you know. Yeah. It has to be, you know. Because mm. you knew the bloke that brought the gear down was a dodgy. He's dodgy, yeah. You know? Yeah. So then the band sat me down and said, look at, you know, sort your shit out, you're out, you know. So I said, right, look, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get this way. I was like, I never intended this. Because I didn't. Nobody fucking intends to end up strung out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Nobody yeah. wants to be sitting and bleeding or kind of street, banging a fucking gear into their neck or whatever, do you know yeah. what I mean? So, anyway, so... Uh, that's how it started, That's basically. how it started, well, that's how it started And yeah. then, once, it, once you're on that thing, it's just so hard to stop, do you know? Yeah. I tried, I tried for years and years to stop. And I ended up going to... Uh, a place called Tamperebok in, in Thailand. It was a Buddhist monastery. So you go over there and the, the, the abbot in the monastery was at the developing this thing for, for drug addicts to help them come off gear, right? So basically, I went over to England, to Reading, met a load of English dudes that were going over here and I went over with them because nobody was doing it in Ireland at the time. So this was, this was 20 years ago, maybe, 15 years ago. So anyway, I went over to Thailand. So you arrive in this you arrive in this northern Thailand in the, 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 the jungles, do you know what I mean? It wasn't, there was no cities around near you. So you arrive in this jungle and you go into this, there's a compound, it's a gate locked down compound. You go in and they lock the gates after you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a prison. And there's all the Buddhist monastery, uh, monks are there, you know. So they take all your clothes off you and they give you this, like a sarong and a little jacket, a pink jacket. And on, it's that colour actually. And on the <laughs> back of it, it has toy writing and it's kind of junky or something on it. And I don't know exactly what it says, but it says it. Because if you escape from it, 
they were dragged back by the yeah. country people. They knew. That's mad. Man, they knew yeah. where you come from. Because we took all the money, all your mm. money off you and your passport. And you were given like this monopoly money that you could only spend. In the compound. Yeah. And you could only buy cigarettes or pineapples. That was it. Mm. So sounds like a good gate though. That sounds yeah, yeah. Well, listen, this is how little it gets, right? <laughs> so every every day, these buses would pull up with all these toy kids, right? School kids. And they'd all get out and they'd all have cameras with them, right? Phones and all, right? And we'd be all kneeling along a, along a gutter, kind of like a curb, a path. Yeah. <laughs> right? So we'd be yeah. all kneeling on this gutter and with a bucket of water beside each addict, right? Now, I was the only Irish fellow there. They were all English, Austrians, Australians, everything except Irish. Yeah. Know? In fact, you know your man Pete Doherty? Yeah. From the, he was there. To, he just left the day I got there. So anyway, we're sitting there. And this monk comes along with this yolk, a little drink, about that much in it. Right? So you drink this, and then you drink the bucket of water. So you just drink out this ladle. Mm. Five minutes later, you start vomiting, right? Now you have vomiting, the vomit hit that wall. So you yeah, it's jacked up, jacked yeah. All these monks are behind you, chanting, and all these toy kids are taking photographs of you. Because this is what happens here, you take drugs. Take drugs, yeah, yeah. So you're an example. That you know is mad. Like the parents for these kids is what's going to happen there. Like, go and find the heart and vision in my head. Like that's nuts. This that's like another world. But see, I tried methadone and all, right? Yeah. And it was too easy. Do you know what I mean? Because what I do is I'd get off on the methadone and then I think, sure, if I get strung out, I'll try it once more. If I get strung out, I'll only do it every second day. This, this is the yeah, truth. Yeah, the lawyers are telling yourself. It's total bullshit, you know, you just live in a land of bullshit. Yeah. And with the methadone, I'm saying it's still fucking easy. And that's why I keep going back to it, because it's too easy to get off it with the methadone. This was, you know, I don't think that now. I think methadone has its place. Yeah. But I think it can be abused. Like, yeah, know. 100% that's, it can We were only talking about this with Philly McMahon. I'm saying that. You need a different method of something because yeah. obviously well, methadone's not fully working. Methadone was method one. That's how it got its name. Mm. It was the first method to use. They, they were giving it to the German soldiers in the Second World War. You know, they, they got shot or something. This is what they gave themselves opiates because they couldn't get the, they hadn't got enough opium. Yeah. Anyway, so that's where it started. But uh, I think if the pharmaceuticals wanted it, they could easily develop a methadone that's not addictive. Easy. Yeah. But if there's no money in that. So exactly. they looked at all they looked at billions being spent by drug addicts every year and thought, where is pharmaceuticals? We're making medication, chemical medications, and we're not making any money out of this. How can we make money out of this? Yeah, sure. Look at America. Methadone is the way. There you yeah. go. They're crippled with opioids in America. They have a crisis and yeah. over there. See, see opioids in America. Before the Vietnam War, the whole heroin plague was sorted in America. They had it under control. It was down to nearly nothing. And after the Vietnam War, they all got strung out in Vietnam and yeah. loved and brought back from Vietnam. And they were sending it back in body bags and all. <clears throat> so that kicked it all off again. Fuck so it has yeah. been, like it's been going a long time, you know. But I, I would think about the pharmacy. If they wanted to make a methadone that got you off heroin, but didn't get you strung out on methadone, they could. They could. Yeah. They just wouldn't make no the bread. Money in that. Exactly. There's no money in something that has a final cure. It's like cancers. Do you know what I mean? There's cures for cancers, I believe, being made. Uh, but, uh, Surely to God by now. But there's no money in it. No. There's no fucking money in it. So you look at comer- commerce, but since time, since commerce began, right, the top three commercial enterprises have been arms, cosmetics, and pharmaceuticals. Since commerce, since back in the Russian Roman times, right? So since then, <coughs> sometimes it's arms. and arms They fluctuate, yeah. The top but three change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them mm. three are the top three, yeah, since commerce began. 
So what's that tell you? Do you know what I mean? That's so it's like wars are fucking drugs. That's where the money is. Money is. Yeah. And we bought into that. So that's where like, that's where my life started with drugs. You know what I mean? That's madness, right? What age did you get into music at then? I was into music. Your whole life. Day I was born. So when I was a kid, I was in the school choir. Yeah. And I used to be looking at songs. You know, you'd see Top of the Pops or something. I'd be saying, right, I'm going to sing that on my record and all that. I didn't realise you wrote record, old songs. Yeah. Back then, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's the song. I like that song. So, it's like the Angie, let's say. So, I'd heard Angie when I was a kid. All right, I'm going to record that when I'm older. So, so it's always... They were always thinking about it. Yeah, as you get older, you realise. Just as you said there, Chrissy, so you always thought, oh, you had to sing someone else's song yeah, kind of thing. Is that where the, the idea for uh, Wish You Were Here came from? Yeah, cover exactly. Of yeah? So I would have heard them songs when I was a kid and thought, that's, and loved it. And Angie was the same. You yeah. Know, song Angie. Hmm. Them two songs, that's where I got them from. Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid. Did you ever hear the Wish You Were Here cover? Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely, Chrissy, really so uh, good friend of mine, James, I, I told him that about gonna have your own and he couldn't believe it so on his bucket list was actually to go and see you in Vicar Street at Christmas he didn't care what year as long as he did it so he actually had that on his bucket list and uh, well no we, we did no we did go I think it was uh, 2017 or 18 because I went with him yeah I went with him but, uh, great gig you know? but uh, when he sang Wishes Were Here it's only, I think it's better than Pink Floyd's cover of it well it's I suppose it's their songs that they cover but yeah. just when you compare the two of them together it's I hard to believe that you are covering them yeah. you know what I mean and sometimes it's the song you hear first you know what I mean if you've heard Floyd first oh I did hear Floyd first bro oh, but that's what I'm saying you oh, that's a compliment I'll take that as a compliment do you know what I mean <laughs> don't want to sound like a little fanboy here licking his ass because no, he came onto the podcast <laughs> 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 you made me living now a fanboy <laughs> 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 Um, that's how you yeah so what age did you realise that you were good at it <laughs> well I never thought I was good at it really so the thing that drags you back like when you think about a singer or any most 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 artists successful artists are very insecure in themselves right because what they're doing is every night they're getting up on the stage they're going to accept me do you know what I mean yeah and that's what they're doing you know so we always felt kind of, because you see we're educated in a system where you're working class, so you're educated to be a carpenter, yeah. or that maybe an electrician if you're really fucking exactly, smart. Exactly, yeah. You know I mean? And if you're really, really, really fucking smart, you get a job in the civil service. In the yeah, yeah. what well, you do, fuck up. You, know I mean? <laughs> you get good Friday off as well. Yeah. Great pension. But that's the point, right? So I was never told in school, you can be a doctor, you can be a solicitor, you can be a composer. We are never taught those things. Exactly. We, we, we never, so we never had those things to aspire to. So I used to look at David Bowie and Mick Jagger and the Beatles or whatever as if God anointed them. You're a rock star. Yeah. You're a carpenter. Yeah. You're a butcher. Do you know what I mean? And it's only when I was about I was about six, right? <laughs> and I was out on my road one day. We were playing football on the road, and this mate said to me, "Is you know Slade? You know the band? Yeah. Come on, yeah. uh, what's that? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas song, right? So that's Slade. So they were kind of happening back then, right? So he says, you know Slade are from Birmingham, a place called Big Fingers in Birmingham. Yeah. And that was like an epiphany for me, do you know what I mean? And he says, what do you mean? And he says, well, they're just young, just grew up in a place like Fingers. And how different to you, basically. Yeah. He says, and he decided <coughs> to farm, they're all mates, and he decided to farm a band, and they all learned how to play their instruments, and now they're Slade, and they're on top of the pops. And that was like, mum. Oh, Mine belong. So now, if they can do it, we, I can do it, you know? So then for years, I'm, I'm, I'm making all these plans in my head. 
But you know, I thought because I wanted to be a singer, I was going to be a singer. Like if you wanted to be a rocket scientist, you'd be a rocket scientist. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize you had to work at it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just thought it naturally happened. Yeah, just I thought I didn't understand the concept of having to achieve it. You know. So then I got a bit older. So then I was in school and I left school. Then after the intermediate cert, which would be the junior cert. So uh, I, I just want because I just wanted to be a singer. So I didn't give a fuck about. You know, I knew an education. I knew that's all I give a fuck about, you know what I mean? I want to write songs, so I, I knew how to do that. So anyway, Joe was in the Joe was in my class in school and I knew he could play guitar. So they formed a band called Electron in school and I was always I was knocking up to me every I'd knock them if I was Joe, what the form a band. I knocked to me next Friday and so it's for come back next Friday. This was going on for weeks and weeks and he was just running me around, you know. So Finally, they, they, this band, Electron, was asked to do a gig for the Irish youth something something in Ballymun Towers in Fingless, right? So he rings me up and he says, I oh, know, you must have called up because you didn't have fun. <laughs> <laughs> you went down to the post office at six o'clock. Yeah. He said, be at the post office at six o'clock, I've a message for you. So no, he says, so he got in touch with me, he said, look, he says, um, you know, we, we, we're going to fire you, want to be the singer, our singer is gone kind of thing. So we joined as this band, Electron. So we learned all these songs, all Tin Lizzy songs and stuff like that, you know. So when we got to the gig, we were down the gig, and it was an IRA fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> so they all went up bleeding berries and like James Connolly badges and yeah. all, you know. So they asked us to play the national anthem. But, and none is never. They're playing all these fucking English songs, we just don't know the Irish national anthem. And I'll never forget it, right? So I'm on stage, and my knuckles nearly busted through my hand. Because I was holding the mic that tight. I was like that for the whole day. It didn't move. Like the mic started yeah. to there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know the way, I used to, I used to perform in my bare feet for years. Yeah, and yeah. And the reason I used to do that was because when I'd look at the audience, my voice would start shaking. So, so I used to close my eyes when I was singing. And when I was walking around, I'd be falling over the guitar leads and stuff. So when I was in my birthday, I used to be able to feel me right around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a mad one, that. That's, what, that's how I started. So then we're down in Cork doing the gig. Now my feet used to be like that. I used to be able to walk on glass and all, and I wouldn't cut my feet because you're so hard. Yeah. Because the stage is all over the fucking country. Anyway, this, we're down playing in Cork one day, and this fella, can I go up, can I go up? So I dragged him up to do it at the end. We're down some men car or something, dragged him. And he had a point, he just smashed on the stage. Now. <laughs> so you're going to have to walk on that now? Yeah, I'm very feet. You're fucking dipstick, you know. So I started to stop with in my bare feet, then you know. So that's how I ended up stopping. And He's a little shy bagging, anyway. The first few times I couldn't fucking sing in my shoes. But you know, you hear footballers putting their left, yeah, the superstition of it. Like, was that, it? That, that yeah. became a thing where I couldn't sing with when I because I could feel the heels in my shoes and all, and it was just fucking my head up. You know? <laughs> That yeah, he's superstitious, Christy. Because people are asking us how we can do this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But for things like that, I would. I am. I am. Oh, no, I say black cat. I spit. I spit. If I see Celtic playing, sometimes I'll be looking at Celtic, and I'll say, if I if I get beat, I say, if I don't look at the next fifteen minutes, he'll score. He'll score. Yeah. I'll turn the telly off. And so hope and play. And he won't have scored. <laughs> <laughs> he do have scored. Yeah. So yeah. I work sometimes. 
So yeah, so it would be. A so you spilt when you see a well, black cat. Where did you call that one from? I don't know. No, black cat. That's the thing. I don't know about the spit. Well, you know, every time a black cat crosses me, Pat, I spit. But black cat crosses your cat. It's bad, bad luck. Yeah. But if you spit, you, you, it cancels the rhythm. That's a mad yeah. one. And I don't. I won't walk. If there's a ladder, I won't walk under. I won't know. Well, I wouldn't walk under ladder. You know? People take me four shores. Yeah, I don't walk under four shores. I'm not superstitious. You know the shores on the on the footpath. If you walk over four of them, Joe, they usually enforce. Yeah, don't walk. Oh, before we walk around them as well. Because yeah. we live away from the suburbs, and we wouldn't have four in a row. Yeah. In the inner city, it'd probably. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Then yeah. things come more. Complex. Even when I'm out running, I was out running this morning. I was running around them. I wouldn't. That's I won't madness. Walk them, yeah. But does anybody anybody ever tell yeah, you boys? No, no one ever tells boys. <laughs> just, just don't walk on four shores, yeah. I've never heard that now, but the other ladders and the black cats have heard all those. Yeah, yeah. But um, so Christy, uh, you're talking about touring around all this carry on. When what was your first? You don't have to tell us how much, but your first big, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump straight into it. Uh, your first big paycheck, do you remember it? So what was it like? I remember the first actual paycheck, right? So we had Billy in the band. Billy Billy used to be, well, he worked in bowlings, right? So he's a baker, a confectioner, but he made the meals yeah. bowlings, right? So he was in the actual the bakery, he wasn't in the milk part. Oh, right? yeah. So anyway, he'd come up at two o'clock. We used to rehearse in this big story. He's come up at two o'clock with a load of cakes, and we used to let him rehearse us. For the cakes, up, right? <laughs> so at the time, Dave Fanning, you know Dave Fanning in RTA. Yeah. He used to do this thing. It's a Dave Fanning session where he bring the band in and he'd record three songs and he got paid a hundred ninety pounds for it, right? And it was before even euros. About to tell you how long ago it was. So we got the check for hundred ninety quid, and we went up to the bill. We all got pissed, right? So the next day we turn up at rehearsal at nine o'clock. We used to rehearse from nine to five. Like that, 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 even that tell you the fucking dedication. We used to we were living in Finglas and the rest of the lads were living in Ballymun. So we'd go to Ballymun and then we'd walk from Ballymun to the airport. And we'd at nine to five, six days a week for a year, right in the first album. And that's all we did. And the reason we done it was we used to go into town, all the bands in town. We said the bass player of one band would leave and he'd be in another band and they all drank together and they all sounded the fucking same. Yeah. yeah. And you'd listen to the radio, you'd hear three songs and you'd know the early song because the production level would drop. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just some shit. That's middle songs in the early song, I know. And then he'd say, and that was the, the, such the, the, such the such yeah. from Leeds, whatever. And what we wanted to do was that when you played an Irish song, you wouldn't have played anybody before it. Bruce Springsteen and Aslan, there wasn't it? You mightn't like the song, but you couldn't. There's no dropping yeah. quality kind of, yeah. Uh, you couldn't default the quality of it. And that was our ambition. So we used to see all these bands all sounding the same. So we thought, if we're away from all that shit, nobody will sound like us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sound like we'll have our own sound. And so this is what the whole deal was. So anyway, Billy comes up this day at nine o'clock. And we're no fucking cakes. <laughs> so he says, What's the story, Billy? Where's the old cock of militia? <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, No, he's asked me last night to join the band. And I'm looking at the rest of the lads going, Oh, no, this dickhead is in the band. But he became an integral part of the band eventually, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But at that time, like he couldn't play on. Yeah. He couldn't, you know, so we, we actually got him a symbol. And we got a, you know, a, 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 what's he called these? Things they have in shops, the dolls, you know the what did they call them? Well you put the clothes on in the shop. Mannequin. 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 <laughs> so they have got a mannequin with a symbol coming out of it, it's uh, he was gonna nod 
And Billy used to just send that banging. <laughs> just to give him a job. Just to give him a leading gig. Yeah. yeah. But then he sat down back of vocals. Then he learned how to play guitar, learned how harmonica, learned keyboards. So he actually became better than he was <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's how Billy got into the band so that was the whole yeah so that was a force check the force check now, the force big check I suppose when we signed EMI records like that would have been like a hundred grand do you know what I mean yeah where you got a check for a hundred grand what was that like I don't know because it fucking went in the bank we were on 80 quid a week like we were we were playing we were playing the old hill, do you know what I mean? And I was on 80 quid a week. Yeah. That's mad that, to think about, though. Is the record company give you 100 grand, right? But that 100 grand is to do it for a year. So you have to put that into the bank, and that's your wages for the year. So there's five years in the band, you may have four roadies. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm. All that has to be financed. And divvied up. So we walked around, we were on 80 quid a week, which was nothing, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. So I, I can't remember. Then, then I split with Aslan. Well, after the whole thing with Waterford, a few months later I spoke to Elbazan because of the drugs and all. Yeah. And I went to on my own. So I started, so there was a band of us, right? And a mate of mine got killed in a motorbike on the back road here, right? So I went into the band, we had been on two weeks holidays, this is another band now, it wasn't there, it wasn't Aslan. So I was with this bloke, Connor off and all these other session heads, the other, the other band. Yeah. Exactly, everything I said I wouldn't be, I became, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I wasn't really into this, but it was, I couldn't have no option at the time, right? So anyway, I, I was asking the band out 500 quid each for for the two, we were on two weeks' holidays. And so I gave them the, uh, the 500 quid to keep them down for the holidays. So after, during the holiday, my mate got killed on a bike back there. So when the thing I was looking, I said, I wanted to do a gig in the in the bottom of the hill in Tinglis for my mate's wife. He had four kids, you know. Like a benefit thing. A benefit gig, yeah. yeah. So I said to them, just a freebie, you know, because they were all paid session, you know, I used to pay them by gig. So I don't know, this is our job, we're not fucking doing a gig for nothing. Yeah. I said, what do you mean is that? I said, this is my mate, is at the dying. I said, this is for his kids. I said, he's four fucking kids, you know. Anyway, you wouldn't do the gig, so I fucking sacked him. So the bloke was with Conrad Goff. At that time, do you remember years ago? I don't know, you probably wouldn't remember. MTV went through this unplugged phase. Yeah, well, they still, well, they have not one in the world. Some, some artists have those sessions, they, yeah. When they done it forced, yeah. they seen the Nirvana one and all. Yeah. Mm. When they done it forced, it was kind of new. Do you know what I mean? To see somebody just an acoustic guitar. So that's what we started. We started gigging with just the acoustic guitar. So I was still doing the same gigs to the same crowds, getting the same fears with just two of us. Yeah. So I said, well, fuck these. You don't need them. I don't want them. I didn't want them in the first place. So I remember we did a tour, do you remember that? And the man came back, at the end of the tour, the tour manager came up with a brown bag and he handed her the money, you know. <laughs> just a bag of fucking money, you know. <laughs> I mean, I never Because I'd been on 80 pound a week, but yeah. Well. Yeah. even though Aslan were up here and the band I was with was unheard of, that I was with now, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But still, like I remember playing in, 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 with this band down in, uh, in Kinsale, right, in Cork. And I was sitting in the car park after the sound check, right, Counting the punters going in to see how they had enough petrol to get me back to Bleeding Dublin. That's how oh, bad I got, you know? yeah. But I think all those things they teach you how to be a, they teach you your craft. You yeah, know? well, definitely. Yeah. When you see these fuckers on, 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 on the X Factor and all, like they're unheard of. I remember there was a bloke called Dill and he, he represented us in the end. In the, um, like one tangent, something. We love it. Keep it going. represented Ireland in, in the Eurovision, right? And basically, this bloke was unheard of, right? Came up, was on one of these Eurostar. Yeah, talent shows, shows, yeah. right? 
became a household name within six weeks or something. And then, because he won it then, he represented us. He flopped badly in the Eurovision because he, he was up against all top musicians out yeah. there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when he came back to press here, crucified him, well, you wank, he came last, uh, we usually win the Eurovision. You, and I, I had no doubt to this bloke, even though I don't agree with all that, yeah. face that, that X-Factor uh, shit, this poor bloke was unheard of, was made, to, but he hadn't learned how to be a singer, he hadn't sat in court, yeah. you know, punters going in, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He hadn't done all those yeah. things. That make it, that's what gives you, that's what, when, when you're playing the, the Vicar Streets then and they're sold out, that's what makes you appreciate that. Do you know what I mean? Because you know what it's like at the other end of it. This young that didn't. Do you know what I mean? So he, he went from that to the Eurovision playing to 200 billion people. Just got fucked in. You know what I mean? And then comes back to Ireland and it's all pulled from under him. Yeah. 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 Like, is that how is he now? No, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this it's a lot of bollocks. This is we're talking about. Yeah. This, like, people think oh, he's a singer. He's a fucking human being. Yeah. Exactly. He, he's, he's feelings like everybody else. Do you know what I mean? He's probably inadequate because he's a singer. Yeah. And he was what they enforce and reinforcing that inadequacy by, by the, the way he's treated him when he came back. Because he didn't measure up to professionals that are probably doing it for 30 or 40 years, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Bullshit. That's why I don't agree with all the X Factor shit. Yeah, it's okay. It, you know, you have to learn how to do it. Yeah. Even with care with my daughter. I mean, she won't let me do that. I've, I've tried to help her in certain ways. And she just won't have it. And I kind of admire it in a way because... That is wants, admirable yeah, because obviously you could help in, in, yeah, in the industry. Does, and yeah. But she doesn't want that and that's great. And she's gone out, done all the weddings and all, you know. Yeah. Done all that scene. At the moment now she's she's at the writing and recording. She's recording her first album now, do you know what I mean? But she went out and became a band for a few years before she did, you know, got to this. And didn't ask me for fucking anything, you know. And, you know, so you love to see that, but yeah. don't you as well? Like, she's just gonna come out and just do it the way it should have been done. Like, yeah. because if you weren't here, how else would she have done it if she had a passion for it? You yeah, know what I mean? She wouldn't have lasted, you know what I mean? Mm. She wouldn't have lasted pissed. Yeah. Because you have to go out there and you have to have blows coming up. Like, I remember when I was planting a tree down the thing that's at an orphanage and these kids coming up and that, like, but look. He's bleeding horrible in real life, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> we can fucking hear you. <laughs> I remember I played Vicar Street one week and uh, I went in, there's a chipper just up from Vicar uh, Street and I was get, went in to get a single or something. I <laughs> yeah, love it, Christy, a single. So this woman came with her all her kids. So she has all the drugs being swimming somewhere around, I don't know where. In the Lizzie. Whatever. <laughs> we got all these kids and they're all, their hairs are wet and that. So uh, she's kind of, she's, she came over and she asked me for a fucking uh, photograph or something. And the kids were saying, hey, was he kind of thing. And then he's in a band, you know. So the kids come out and she said, what band are you? And I said, 25, remember that band five? Yeah, they, yeah. They were, they were fucking uh, kind of happening at that time, do you know what I mean? So the kids come up to me and say, what band are you in, mister? So I'm saying, if I say yes, I'm not going to bleed to Leo, you know. So I'm in five. And he goes, you're not bleeding 50 for you. Fucking brilliant. I love that. Like, Dublin, you're almost deadly. You know, it's it really is. You're stepping into any home on the wall. That's what we call the podcast, Talking Bollocks. Because that's, that's all about yeah. yeah. That's literally what we do. We just that, sit around and talk that's, bollocks. That's the way. That, that's more interesting. That. Like, you know, I've done interviews with everybody on RTA, right? And to be honest with you, if you're doing an interview, we say, I shouldn't even say this, but if you're doing an interview with the late show, for example, they ring you on a Tuesday and they couldn't tell you what to say what the script this is yeah. the subject they're going to be talking about what, what do you feel about this this and this and this and this 
Tommy Taylor doesn't even know who's coming. That's out. what I love about yeah. that show. It's great. So we, we, we were playing on his show, but he didn't know he was interviewing me as well. He thought we were just the guests. On yeah. The yeah. musical guests. So when I was going to be interviewed, he hadn't a fucking clue. Because your woman, Vogue Williams, was after me. And he says, who are you? Yeah. Because <laughs> it was before she married your man. Like, yeah, yeah. The aristocrat fucker. So nobody knew who she was. And he said, I have a clue who you are. Yeah, yeah. So it's genuine. You know, it's not, people saying, does he really not know who he is? And he doesn't. He has no idea. Yeah. But because of that, the interviews are great. Exactly, yeah. no... Every, and when he asks you a question... He lets you fucking answer it. Yeah. Like I find a lot of the interviews on telly, they'll ask you a question and you're halfway through your answer. And you move on. And you move on. Yeah. Like, for example, I'll tell you the way television works. Do you remember the old guy done with, with um, Finbar Fury? On the yeah, episode? and it was unbelievable. Right, well, when we were the doing song. that, we, had, we had a verse of it, right? So we're, we're sitting there rehearsing the show, you know, and it was it was Finbar's 60th birthday or something like that. And I was on as a mate of his, kind of, there was a few of his mates were there to go in there. Yeah. Talk him up or to talk how you knew him or whatever. So he says, will you still do this? So I'm saying, and Ryan Torpy is kind of getting into it because the rehearsal was, I knew it was good when we were doing the rehearsal, right? So the, man, the floor manager comes up and he's stopping us. And then our running said, no, keep going, keep going. And now he says, we have 33.5 seconds for this segment. The part of us singing, the rain fields of hands. And Ryan Torpy says, fuck off, he's keep fucking singing. Yeah. So that's how we, now even as, as it was, we only ended up doing, there's four verses and that, we only ended up doing two verses and two choruses. Because, but that's all we could Because do. it was rushed and it's yeah, that's it's stage, it. But, that's but even at that, they only wanted half of that. Yeah. They only wanted one verse, no chorus. So it just... We heard a lot of bad things about fucking... About telly, but that's what... Well, that's why this interview this... was, that's why this, this stuff works. And when I listened to the Philly one, I listened to the bit, the bit of the Liam Cunningham one as well, and that's why it works because you don't fucking get all uppity. Most see a lot of these interviewers think they're more important than the people they're interviewing. Mm. Now I'm not saying these the, the interviewee is more important, but he should be equal. Exactly. Yeah. At least equal. Yeah. But not you know somebody looking down at that interviewee. You know it's just. Not that's what we said people. at the start. This is not an interview. This is a chat. Yeah. Like, I don't come in here with any prepared questions. Well, that's you know, and that's why we're confused as to like how we're doing well so what, well but doing well enough like because that's like, why it's successful I'm telling you now don't lose yeah. that there's probably yeah there was like after that genuine conversations because I've been asked to do loads of podcasts and like the only reason I was doing this was that you know because I enjoyed listening to the one you saw me we appreciate that Christy yeah we yeah. appreciate it because they're doing something decent and I like that and that's like it's like what we're talking about earlier about the progression I like young people coming up with their own fucking ideas, you know. Yeah. Their own way of earning. Like this, this was a job that didn't exist ten years ago. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? And he was a creator, something special. So. Yeah, yeah that's what we we we've people getting on to us like from youth clubs and stuff like that and saying that, uh, because that the same the success that we're gaining that they're gonna bring that into the youth club and get the younger kids now into doing podcasts yeah. and doing interviews yeah. and doing stuff like that and talking about their life stories and they're asking us to come in and, and, and tell them how we've done, that's how good, we're doing well stuff and, and that's mad. To what you were saying about when you're in school and you didn't know like this is what you wanted yeah, to yeah, be, blah, blah, blah. A teacher reached out to us and said that she used us as an example in a business class that's for entrepreneurs. Yeah, and I yeah. Was like, I, like I had an awful time at school with teachers and I was like imagine being in school now like my little brothers are still in school and 
them going to business and be like, right, this fella here and his mate set up a podcast and this is how they did it and the idea of how to become an entrepreneur and all and I'd be like, that's fucking mad, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great, but it's like, I was, I was battered and just, you know, I was in Patricia Brothers and Fingers and then years later, they asked me to come back like that to do talks to the kids, mentor them and all. Yeah. yeah. And you just hated me. Yeah, yeah it's, it's mad, isn't it? Still, it's, it's, I mean, it's great that you can do that. Life goes full circle, doesn't it? Because, yeah, and there's nothing like, there's nothing as more, gives you more um, satisfaction than giving back, you know. Yeah. In, in that sense. 100%. You know, it's amazing, you know, it's fucking... Yeah. We love it, Christy. Thanks very much for that anyways. Um, but... Melvin, I have a quick question now. I, I, I never usually put a question now. I'm right, but I said, I'm going into the Christie fella. I don't want to leave the gap and then go, bollocks, why didn't I say that? So I had to put a few down, yeah? So yeah, you already had to touch on being on the gear, being on drugs, stuff like that. Can I just ask you one thing you before can. you ask me this? I used to work with a fella from Liberty House, right? Yeah. And you used to say, you're the steam or you're rare. What's the rare? <laughs> you're rare? You're yeah. rare. Did I say that? That's the way you said it? No, because you were talking in the same kind of voice. Yeah. I was just dragged so, up, uh, Christy. That's all that is. I actually had this said to me before, Christy, by a real posh girl, right? And it was, it, I think it was at a house party somewhere. And I said something to someone, and he goes, No, I'm not. And I goes, Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And, and she goes, What's your are? And I said, What do you mean? I goes, What did I say wrong there? And she made a show of me. And I remember thinking, See you, you little cunt. Because she, she really, like, what, what you are? You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just that's it's a, it's a, you are. It's an inner city thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a you thing, yeah. yeah. Your mum was from Liberty House as well. Yeah. 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 Um, what was his name? Uh, He's from Liberty House, anyway. Yeah, you're right. You say. You know this thing, like, uh, remember your man? Uh, what's it, Rooster? He, he you know the houses. You know, if you know you're going from Liberty House to up on the street. Yeah. You know the, the red brick houses? Yeah. That's a diamond. That's where yeah. I live. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, uh, what's yours the second name? Well, shout out to the real stuff, fella, and anyways, yeah, from yeah. the get digging, fella. So, the real used to say, you know, because we, we, we used to have these mutton flats. I used to walk down the North Strand doing aluminium windows. And we used to have these mutton flats for we were cleaning the windows. You know, the aluminium windows, got to go out in the, in the truck. So, the, 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 you know, mutton flats is what, it's what you put a pig in in the butchers. Yeah. So, we used to tie an end of it. Throw the foot rope over the the, the thing. Hoist it up, yeah. But we used to put Lewister into it. We did annoying us, and we used to tie him into the old hoist him up and leave him up there for the day. He was like, "Oh, steam on you, you're you're the yeah. steam on your ass." And I heard the dog did podcast with Billy. I said, "I have to ask him." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, like if you were missing, I was like, "You're a waffler," and you're like, oh, "I'm not," and I'd be like, "You are." Yeah, you are. Well, that's definitely it's an inner city thing because I've never heard it since. The only people I've ever heard it from is inner city people yeah, yeah. from your immediate area. Do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, so it's yeah. obviously a very localized thing, which is a good thing as well because yeah. that's what that's what that it's it's that kind of tapestry that makes us Irish people great, you know. Yeah, there's all these little fucking enclaves, you know. Well, that's it. I work with a lot of foreign people, and they do say to me like, "Am I pronouncing this word right?" And they'd say something, and I'd be like, "Don't be fucking asking me. I can barely speak English." <laughs> I don't. I don't count English as my first language. This is Dublin. Is Irish person speaking English well is supposed to be the best version of the English language spoken, better than any English person speak it well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they all have their accents as well. Yeah. There, you know the Cockneys and the this and the that. But a well-spoken Irishman, 
Yeah. Is it better spoken English than normal English? Spoken English than anybody in the world, you know. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll let you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no. Yeah, before you start roasting me about yeah. saying you are, but uh, yeah, back to where I was. You were saying that you were on the gear and stuff like yeah. that, and then you're talking about the music then after that. But what effect do you think? Drink drugs hard, or how big do you think you could have been, or do you feel like you fulfilled your yeah, potential? Or regrets. Right, so regrets, yeah. Some people say, you know, the drugs don't this and the drugs don't that, and it wasn't really the case, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because you look at right, what we did back in the what we did back in the 90s, Oasis did 10 years later, and they were fucking they were praised for it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they were into that coke and into yeah. that this and into that. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? So they were, they were celebrated for doing that. We were crucified for doing yeah. the exact same thing 10 years ago. I think that's just what something to do with the girl, isn't it? Well, if you look at the likes of, say, Jimi Hendrix, Bob Dylan, yeah. uh, Keith Richards, they all had heroin addictions and they're praised. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think it was the drugs, right? So, so it's, just, it's just to get rid of that myth. Yeah. What happened to us was... We never had decent management. You know, you look at you two. You two got Paul McGuinness very early in their career. Yeah. And he steered him. And he's an amazing, he's an amazing uh, business mind. You know what I mean? And if, if you look at everything you two do, you do it correctly. I mean, when you look at you two, right? They're 40 years as the top band in the world, in the top bands, in the top five bands in the world, for the last 30 or 40 years, right? No scandals. Not, and there's been scandals. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I could tell you scandals about them. Well, I couldn't really. But yeah. they scandals. Yeah. But they never got out, do you know what I yeah. mean? And that's brilliant management and brilliant, you know, just brilliant containment of what they are. We never had that. We we were, you know Kind of just let do what you wanted. I'll give you an example. We had this manager, right? And he was managing us and we went to him and it was when we'd split up over the gear, right? It'd come off the game, we got back together again back in ninety three. We released Crazy World, it was a huge hit and all. So we are back on the horses back again, right? And everything was hot and great. So we got this manager in, an Irish bloke, and we said to him, look, Zal, we have Ireland boxed off. We could go to anywhere in Ireland and get a gig. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And we don't need you to, to, to get us gigs in Ireland. Just get us a, ter- a, a territory outside of Ireland and to concentrate on that. So he's concentrating on France and Germany and that for a while. But anyway, he was our manager and he was our agent, right? So the agent, the manager, is manager career. Your agent is the bloke that books your gigs, right? So he was getting 20% of everything, every pound we earned, right? So he gets 20 pence. So every 100 pound, he's getting 20 pound. So we do a gig for 10 grand. He gets two grand. Two grand. Two grand, right? On his management. Plus he's our agent. The agent gets 10%. So they get another ten percent. So he was getting twenty percent of everything. We were getting the we were left with the seventy percent. We had to pay all our outgoings and the like all our PAs and yeah. something and pay us a wage on the on the other seventy percent. So it wasn't in his interest to send us over to some little toilet over in Bleeding, France or in England, yeah. where we're getting a hundred pounds to do a gig because you're only trying to make it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't his interest to send us over. So he had us gigging here like, fuck, do you know what I mean? Exactly. So yeah. we were just going around Milking it. constantly, do you know yeah. what I mean? And we weren't getting away. And so it was only after a couple of years, because, because you signed contracts, yeah, we were contracted with him for whatever it was, five years. So we had to wait. I sourced this after a year. But you have to wait five years for the contract. That's a lot of bollocks. And in those five years, you know, in, in the music business, you're never going like that. You're either going like that or like that. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? So 
he'd been off up and flying, yeah, under the climb, yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, you know, this a crazy water had been a big hit. Everything was flying, and then it just stalled. You know See, that's I mean? people. That's things people would never have a clue no, about. See, people just look and go, ah, the boys are laying down this and that and the other, and that's yeah. why, whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? But, like, that's, that's shit that people... Well, that's a Talking Bollocks exclusive, isn't it? Yeah, that's what happened about that. But, no, that's uh, something I always wanted to know, because, like, rock and roll and heroin addiction, they go hand in hand for some reason. But, like, yeah, you have these grades put on the pedestal, and then I think that you I look down upon. Yeah, now, look, yeah. When, the band, when the band was throwing me out initially, and they, she got to tell you this, the record company came to them and said, look, this is not a big deal. This happens all the time in the movie. We'll put Christy in a separate limousine. You don't have to travel with him. You don't you put him in a different hotel. You don't have to just... Just perform. Do, do that job with him. This is what we had to invest in. At the time, they invested like three quarters of a million pounds in Asla. So we had to invest in three quarters of a million pounds. We need to get this money back, you know. Just do what you said down. And, and so, so they said, look, we've got a new singer. And he's great. And it was this bloke called Amo, and he was in a band called The Lookalikes, who were a happening band years ago here, right? And this bloke was bleeding gorgeous. I nearly rolled him myself. <laughs> <laughs> he, was he was a male model. He was, and he was a bass. He could play bass, and he, you know. Anyway, so when we were just as we were before we split up, we were doing this song called um, what was the bleeding thing called? What was the first single they had? I can't even get a fucking name but anyway we are walking on this song right so I'm in the gaff here and the band are on the late late show with their new singer and I'm in there and I'm fucking you can imagine how I felt yeah this, I, I started the band do you know what I mean mm. I, I went around so when when me late remember I said we were in Electron yeah I was looking at all these bands around Fingless and there was a good bass player in one band a good drummer in another band and I was, so I was cherry picking all these fuckers. Yeah. So I went around them all and I said, look, I'm getting this band together. You know, we're going to be bleeding the huge now. Because I, I just had this thing. You had this we're, vision, we're yeah. Fucking, we're going, I'm not, I'm not settling for playing at weddings. We're going somewhere with yeah. this band. So I've got all these youngers. So to be, I remember driving home the day I was sacked. And I had to come home to her. She didn't even know I was using gear. Yeah. So I had to come home to her and say, listen, Kat. So for years, she was supporting us. She's a hairdresser. So she was supporting me, right? So I went to us, look, you don't support us anymore. I signed the record there, everything's grand now. And I used to come home this day, and I'm driving up Pear Street, and I'm thinking, I used to go home to the hotel, I'm out of the band, I'm strung out my fucking gear. Fucking so hell. So it was a nightmare, do you know what I mean? Anyway, so, what we, so when we got back together, what was I talking about just before I got into that? So I keep going on different fucking tangents. Yeah, it is, the couple of tangents. Where, where were we just he before? talking about... Uh, do you, like, do you have any regrets? Do you feel like you were held down? Oh, yeah, poor so, management, poor management. So, yeah, so w- when we got back together, we, we had all the crazy water and all that was going mad. And because people couldn't see anything else happening, just, they, they just say that yeah. they're not happening anymore. Do you know what I mean? And people put it down to the drugs. There's nothing to do with the bleeding. Yeah, so you think that's a myth? Oh, I was saying about the record company. So the record company was saying, look, just keep Christy in. So they got this fella in and they had a, a, we used to play this place over in Paris called the locomotive and uh, he said look we're going to do a showcase in the locomotive and the marquee in london these are the two showcase gigs so when i'm looking at the late late show and this fella Emma comes out and he was brutal he <laughs> couldn't sing it wasn't he he was shy he was handsome but he couldn't sing <laughs> <laughs> it would have been great i would have been sick yeah yeah, yeah. imagine i would have been looking at aslan taking off and all i would have been sick as a pig so yeah. I was, anyway so we went off and done these two gigs so I had my little spoils everywhere, you know. 
So uh, the record coming out and me saying, look, we went to the them in Paris. We left after the first round that fucking shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I was just, thanks be And then when they played the marquee, people were asked, Christy, I was the day at the gig, and you know? I was just fucking blown away. So anyway, the point I'm making is, the drugs are not the fucking deal with this. Yeah. We bad management from the yeah. beginning. Like, when I look at our, when I look at our back catalogue of work, do you know what I mean? Crazy World wouldn't even be in my top 50 of the songs we've written. We've written far better songs than that. But for some reason, that some sometimes the song, you don't know why the song... That's what yeah. I wanted to ask you as well when I was coming in. I was like, did you always know Crazy World was going to blow? No. When I sang Crazy World the first time, I'll never forget it. We're doing a gig and we just got back together again. We, we are kind of singing the old songs from the our first album. Yeah. And we've written a few new songs for the new, you know, after what would have been the second album, the Charlie Munich album. And I only remember singing Crazy World and kind of looking through my fingers. Uh, you know, like, this is a pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get to the next song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was saying, this, this is just like a filler, you know. Yeah. But everybody just went mad for it. I'm thinking, what the fuck are you hearing? Because I can't hear it. Yeah. It's a pile of shit. But you see, what I've learned since then is, you, you don't know what, like I've had hundreds of people coming up to me and saying, they've had babies, you know, and, you look at that baby and I remember looking at she said to me I was strung out at the time and Kira was born and we're in the rotunda and when the baby's born you bring them out there's eight babies in a row there you know and Kira kind of shun out you know what I mean <laughs> your baby just looks better than the other babies yeah just yeah does, just every father's the same yeah <clears throat> but she said to me look you want to snap out and budget on you know get, get their fucking shit together you have responsibilities now you have a child and I remember looking at her and thinking how the fuck am I going to protect her in this world? I can't make sense of this world myself. Yeah. How am I going to protect her? Mm. And that's where the seed of it. So then when we got back together, the band had had a bit of kind of few lyrics written for the song, a, a bit of it. And so I went with Billy down to, to his gaff down in um, Whitehall and one Saturday we sat down and we kind of finished it, you know, wrote the song and finished the song and then released. And now when I look at it, I realise what it has. Because if you look at great songs, you look at, for example, my way, you know, now, yeah, yeah. every person on earth would like to think when they're on their deathbed, well, I might have fucked up and I might have done things wrong, but I didn't my, my way. way. Exactly. Everybody wants to think that. You look at, you know that song, go on now, go, walk out the door. Yeah. Every person in the world who's had their heart broken would love to think if the person that broke their heart knocked at their door tomorrow, you they'd that, say, yeah, fuck yeah. off, I don't yeah. need you no more. Yeah. Go off, you know, and that's what you need. You need to be able to get that universal thing that everybody can it applies to everyone and relates so, to everyone right. yeah. so when you get a piece of music so Joe will come up to me and he'll play a few chords right so for me when he plays a certain piece of music that will evoke an emotion in me so if it makes me happy or sad or fucking whatever and then I try and get the lyrics to match whatever emotion he's at evoking right? and when you can get the two of them perfect and that's what Crazy World kind of has. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, I didn't realise that back then. That's time, yeah. Because I look at other songs we have, and technically they're better. There's better lyrics in them. There's better playing on them. Yeah. But that's not what matters. Because most people that listen to a song don't say, oh, that's uh, that's that's very innovative. It's very yeah. Like yeah, yeah. But that drum is a great Not everybody has to try and do like don't give a fuck about yeah. that. Yeah. Don't give a shit. Most people... Just want to hear the song. Something relatable, something for And you don't have to think about yeah. it. People don't want to go to a fucking a psychoanalysis course when they listen to a song yeah. or when they go to see a movie. They want to be entertained. You know, and it takes a long time to learn that. 
So I, I heard Sting being interviewed in an interview then years later. And he said when he started off writing songs, he wanted to put the kitchen sink into the song. Because he wanted to show how clever, clever he was, how astute he was at writing lyrics. Yeah. And how good he was at playing bass. And the guitarist was the same. He said, but I've realised that it's the empty spaces you leave in a song. You know, that you make that where people, people want to sing the song. You know, if people can't sing the song, they're not going to like it. Yeah. Like if you can't sing along to a song, like if, so I could do a song where I'm singing at the peak of me fucking, you know, and nobody can sing up that high. Yeah. And nobody's going to like that because they're going to say, you can't relate to it. Mm. So it's getting some of people, right? so it's getting back to that and getting back to the empty space and not being, you can be clever, clever. And clever, clever is where you mean too fucking clever. Yeah. And that's what happens with bands. You try and be too clever. That's why you sometimes you hear a band and you're going, what the fuck are they on about? Mm-hmm. You only hear a band and you say, where are they coming from? Yeah. You know? Because they're trying to be clever, clever. Trying to be showing. It's just too much. And you know, you might be a great musician. And other musicians might appreciate that. But the general public won't. Yeah, it's not going to make the bread. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's all about making the bread. Say, to entertain them something that's nice and simple you know yeah. so it's kiss keep it simple stupid yeah <laughs> thing, you know? love it but um, do you and the boys in the band still chat are you all still are you all still going to be doing gigs and stuff like that yeah. after yeah. yeah it's only the pandemic that stopped that we had a gig in the Olympia the night. we were the first gig stopped when the government put the stop on we had a gig in the Olympia that night as Patrick's night the day before Patrick's the 16th of March. and they put this the pandemic they stopped the lockdown now and our gigs was the first gig they've cancelled and I haven't gigged since so I haven't gigged in a year Poxy that, that isn't my it my mortgage still comes in every fucking week yeah, it's a lot of parts, isn't it? yeah. so all your bills still keep coming exactly the PO, I'm not entitled to POP because I'm self-employed so I'm not even entitled to that so the government came out with all these grants right million pound grants and they divided them all up we didn't apply for what we didn't I applied for every one of them and I didn't get one of them not one of them. And I said, if we don't get it, I'm a fucking 30 years as a band. Who the fuck gets it? So all the RTE officers and all, all these fuckers get it. So you know your man that, that's on TV3, um, what's his name, Catherine? Uh, uh, Hughes. Alan Hughes. Yeah. You know Alan Hughes? Yeah, yeah. TV3. He's on TV3. I know, I'm saying it, Yeah. You couldn't have read the share with a beard. Anyway, so he does the, he does, um, he does the pantomime every year. With his husband, he did this pantomime every year in the Tivoli, and he couldn't do it this year because he. So when the grants were being given out, he didn't get a grant. So he goes on on um, uh, Duffy show, Joe Duffy show, whinging about it. The next day he gets two hundred and eighty grand, right? This bloke has been working every day in TV three, having a wage every week, and gets two hundred and eighty grand to put on a virtual fucking pantomime, and we're a band working. Band, I haven't worked in a year and we're not entitled to We didn't get on. That's a so lot every, of bollocks. So there was one thing where they got a million pounds, right? They gave it to this company. So everybody just got 780 quid, right? So 1,500 of us applied for this. So I got a letter back. Sorry, your application wasn't successful. Um, by the time your application, the money was gone. We gave 404 people 780 pounds and the money's gone, right? So we multiplied 404 people by 750 and it works out at something like 600 grand or 690 grand, I think it was. So there's 300 grand. So there's a question of 300 grand. Oh, that was administration. So 300 grand has gone into the ether somewhere. Yeah. And in the meantime, there's, there's 1,100 musicians haven't been paid. 
But these people in this company, there's probably three of them in the company, and there's 300 grand being spent just dishing out the money. Yeah, well, okay, it's, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know, it's isn't like it? It's like I saying about the endemic corruption in this country. It goes through every aspect of it. And Joe, look what and happened this week with the vaccine out in the, the yeah, vegan the hospital. Vegan. What know, happened there, boys? 20 vaccines gone missing. Apparently, they were left over. The CEO gave them to the local private school that no, his kids happened to go to. See the local private school. The local what? private school. So the Beacon, the Beacon Hospital had yeah. a load of vaccines and the 20 left over. Supposedly. So them 20 are supposed to go the next people in line, right? What he did was he rang this private school 13 kilometres away. There's, a, there's a, a special needs school 100 yards from, from the Beacon. Oh, right. So it's not even the local No, it's not even the local It's just it's his, school that his, his kids, kids go to, yeah. So oh, all the teachers God. in the private school were given these 20 extra vaccines. In the meantime, there's 96-year-olds Oh, yeah. they haven't been given the vaccine yeah. so those teachers should have refused those teachers should have refused the vaccines but so what they're stopping so they've all the been vegan have been stopped yeah the vegan got stopped got. now that they're actually not be giving any more vaccines but the, the corruption there is yeah he was the CEO so what if it was a, a cleaner a cleaner found 20 vaccines and kept them to his friends what would happen to him yeah. he would have been strung up you know what I mean yeah. It's corruption. 100 percent it's corruption. Like what I was saying about your man earlier on. Remember I said that, that, that so he says to me about the Mexican and I said, No way, but the longer I live, the longer I just believe it. Yeah. More corrupt than Mexico. I mean you look we had an election a year ago. He was saying we're more corrupt than Mexico, yeah. We all voted for Sinn Fein, I did. Most people did. Yeah. And we voted Sinn Fein to get Fina Gale and Fina Fall out government. Who's in government now? Yeah. Like, mm. That's corruption. But that's the thing. It's never gonna change. That's but corruption. That's, it is 100% it's corruption. And if you look at, uh, just look at the last few weeks, they torn down the mandatory hotel quarantine. Yeah. And then next of all, oh no, we're gonna vote back in. Do you know what I mean? I wonder who got the contract. Who got the contract there? You look mm. at when we started off, everybody's stoning at these Italians in. The place is, Italy, Italy is rampant with yeah. fucking COVID. The Six Nations match goes ahead that weekend. Country, and they let them all. For the Don't Six let Cheltenham happen. It'll, and it's let it happen. That's what caused the thing to kick off in this country. Then they were told to block the thing. You look at um, uh, New Zealand, Vietnam. Australia. Are, but Vietnam has looked like, we look at Vietnam like it's a backward country. They, they're, they're living normal over there. Mm. Because what they did was they blocked all their borders, they closed all their pubs, all their off-licenses, all their restaurants, and they done a hard lockdown at the beginning and stopped it. And they've stopped that. They're living normal now. New Zealand, there was a match on in New Zealand I watched there a while ago. A rugby match and the full crowds, about 50,000 at the match. Well, I know a lot of people in Australia and they were at a festival in the stadium the other day. There was yeah. something like 70,000 people like, at, at a festival. You were saying yeah. about Skyping. We Skyped Catherine's sister a few weeks ago. And she's in, in Australia, she lives in Australia, in Sydney. And they're all at the beach. Yeah. And they're all the family and they're all running around and they're all surfing and all. How many million people live in Australia? And we're sitting yeah. there shivering our bollocks off. And she's showing us, look, we're all so fucked Fucking hell. So. It's madness to you think know, about, isn't it? has really messed up with this thing. And the mm. vaccine roll is, is, is another It's a fuck up as well, yeah. You know, they just do nothing right. Now, I, I, I shouldn't complain because I got my first job the other day. But like, that's because I've, I've been, I've been in this house for a year. I haven't been out of the fucking house for a year. Mm. Because I can't, if I get it, I rang my cardiologist when this kicked off. And I said, what's the story if I get this? He said, if you get this, you're dead. He said, just don't get it. He said, did you want to avoid it? He said, don't fucking get it. So I couldn't see my grandkids or anything over Christmas and all, you know. It's a fucking nightmare. That's nightmare. horrible. Boring. Hopefully it all. Not to get yeah. Everybody's living the same. Yeah. yeah. You know, so 
Yeah, it was it was a great equaliser the pandemic. I'll say that about it because I was looking at Mick Jagger. He was in his gaff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Gaff, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't just us. It wasn't yeah. just the poor. That come to sell the corner now, kids. He's about ninety. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? But look, I've seen him gigging and all, and he's still running around like a bleeding fifteen-year-old. I don't know yeah. how he does it. That's that stuff that he's on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the he good stuff. He does something like fourteen kilometers every gig. He does. Like Up and down the stage, yeah, because he, 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 he has two yokes at each side of the stage, and they're an eighth of a kilometer wide long, and then the stage is an eighth of a kilometer, so that's three eighths of a kilometer is the style stage. And he's from one end to the other for the whole gig, dancing, it's mad, isn't it? No, he's, he's 74 or something. He's a legend, at least. Yeah. Uh, who's, the, who's, uh, who's the most famous person you ever bumped into on your travels? Oh, who were you starstruck by? Who'd you go, oh, Bowie. fuck that, him? Oh, yeah, we played with Bowie and Slane. Right. So was that was early on though, wasn't it? What? That was what, early 90s, was it? 80s, 88. 88. 88, 88. 88. Well, Catherine went to see him in, um, in the Olympia and she was up the front and she said, do you want to come see Bowie tonight? He's playing the Olympia. So to see him, to be with a uh, slain is one thing, but in the Olympia, when they're there. So he said, no, I was up gig in fucking Rush tonight. I can't go. So we're playing this little scabby bar in Rush. And she's up at the front, Bowie touching his toes. <laughs> so, yeah, Bowie was, but Bowie. He was real small. I was expecting him to be real tall. Yeah, small. Yeah, so. But when he came on stage, so when he came on stage at Slane, when he was coming, so when we, when we arrived at Slane, you know the way, were you ever at Slane? Yeah. Right. So you know the way you've got the stage and you've got all the hoarding at the side of the stage. So we arrived and there was nobody, a few scatterings of people around the thing, you know. So then I was sitting there in the in dressing room and you're getting ready and sweet up and all that. And then we walked out. So the way we used to do it, the man would walk out, the, the drummer would walk out. And yeah, build the rubber. The guitarist would walk out there now, 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 then. And, you know, and then yeah. walk out at the end, kind of thing. So I'm expecting this little smattering. But when I walked out, there's like whatever, there's 80,000 people there. And it was like, you know, on a windy day where the wind catches your breath and. Yeah. Kind of, I was like, that. <laughs> I nearly shot myself I nearly shot myself on stage when I seen the audience because you have to understand I'm used to playing we say Vicar Street or whatever the Olympia way I can see the whites of people's eyes yeah. where in that gig you're here and the nearest member is probably at the, at the garden at the gate you yeah, know, yeah. you've got your mosh pit and you know so you can't really you know so I found it hard to fucking concentrate you know, it, just yeah. to relate to it yeah. to yeah. get going. so the way Bowie had the stage was there was like a little dance stage. There was the main stage and there was a little stage at the front. And said, that's what Bowie dances under no circumstances. I used to go onto that stage, you know. So we were saying, so we had to put us even further back, do you know what I mean? So uh, during the gig then, there's a guy called Carlos Salomon and Peter Frampton. And these, anybody that knows that about guitar playing, these are two superstars as guitar players, you know. They'd be like Jimi Hendrix, yeah. you know. So these were playing in Bowie's band. So they're at the side of the stage, and we had this part of a song, a song called Sands of Time, where there was this little kind of when the song explodes kind of thing. Yeah. So when it did that, I was kind of looking over at Billy, and they were in my peripheral vision, and they were high-fiving each other. I was kind of thinking, that was cool, that was shit hot kind of thing. So I was kind of thinking, these are two of the best guitarists in the world, same way, too, kind of thing. Yeah. So I just grabbed Billy, and I said, fuck the stage. So we jumped down onto this stage at the front there, they were all over about and the, the, this crew were all going mad trying to get us off this this, off, yeah. this front stage yeah. kind of thing. But that that was in the, when Bowie was coming on as I was saying earlier on, 
when he was walking from the step from the dressing room to the stage, him and all the band <coughs> were in great track uh, uh, boiler suits, right? And they were looking at, at military formation, so there was four of them and five of them looking at block, looking at yeah. block, walking to the stage. So years later, he was saying at that time Lennon had been shot a few years before that, and he was an Englishman in Ireland during the height of the troubles. Yeah. So he was terrified <laughs> that somebody was going to pluck him off, you know, some yeah. fucking. So this is why he was walking like this on stage and all. You know? well, well, like all the decoys, basically. Well, he had all the band around. See, if you were a sniper... You wouldn't know who he was, you yeah. You wouldn't know who he was. You know They're all in just yeah. like boiler suits. So you're saying, which one are you? Like, Man. Sean Paul's going to get a whack for nothing. So he would have been... Because growing up, like when, when, when we heard Bobby was playing in Ireland, we went to our manager that was managing us at the time. And we said, look, we don't care if you never get us another gig. Just get us this. Get yeah. us slaying. We have to play with Bowie and slaying. Is that why he's always playing Rebel Rebel like he's like, yeah. That is. But he's just, he's just a mad Bowie fan. Mm. Like, whatever. I thought if you say you're an Oasis fan growing up, Bowie would have been my man growing up. Yeah. I just loved him, you know. Yeah. So to be playing them then years later was a fucking great honour, you know. Unbelievable. Um, I have a, a big question here. I asked you off camera, yeah, but I wanted to give the same answer that you gave me off camera on camera. This is a very important one to me and Calvin. Do you piss in the show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Here we go. So when I was in, I used to walk, when I, I used to walk in the buildings. So I used to walk at um, suspended ceilings. And I walked at that bank facing the RDS for about three years. So that was a building site then. It wasn't like a bank. So you're walking around and you're freezing all the time, especially in the winter. So I used to get chill blains on my toes. And I, I served my time under this Scottish fella. And he said, you're in. That's what you fucking want with your toes, lad, you know. Yeah. So I used to piss on my toes in the shower. <laughs> trying to get rid of the chill blains. And even then, back then when I was walking, I used to piss on my hands to try and get the blood flowing in them. Because you'd be that fucking cold. And your hands would be all blistered from the cold, you know. So yeah, so I just never got out of the habit then. And then Catherine sent it the golden shower, so that just kept oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. No, I'm not joking about that. But anyway, <laughs> so that's why I am. Um, so that's why you're pissing the shower. Shall we say yes from Christy well, as well? Okay, people didn't think that we'd ask you, Christy, but... Uh, yeah, we don't, uh, there's no filters, Christy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exclusive power. Yeah, yeah, the same. yeah jocks yeah. off, just straight in. Ask the question, isn't it? Yeah, Chrissy, were you big into Irish history before you started yeah. singing? Yeah. I was like, I love being Irish. Yeah. You know, I know I criticised Ireland, but I criticised the people in power. You know, I love the people of Ireland. Mm. You know? And I've been, I've been all over the world. I lived in New York for nearly for a year. So I've fucking been around different countries and there's no place like it. It's an mm. amazing yeah. country. We're an amazing people, you know. When you look at, when you look at, like, we box above our weight in music, literature, yeah. You know, boxing. Mm. You know, huge boxing. Horse racing. Horse racing. So for a nation the size of ours, huge. Big impact on the world. Yeah, yeah you big know. Footprint. Like, if you look at us, we're like Manchester. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's the size, population-wise. That's the size we are, yeah. you know. So, you know, I think we've achieved great things. Like, you you can go nearly anywhere in the world and you know where I was. Although, I was a bit surprised. We went to, we went to Los Angeles years, a few years ago. And I had... To, uh, thousand Irish punts at the time, and uh, I went to this bank in Los Angeles. I was going to give him that to dollars, and she looks at it. And she says, What's that? And I said, That's Irish money. What's from where? It's Ireland. 
where is that? Yeah. This is in Los Angeles. Yeah. So we have this idea of Americans out on the West Coast, they all know about Ireland, you know, because New York, Boston. The East Coast. But you go to the East. No, I'm sorry, the East Coast. Up, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry. The East Coast. But you go to the West Coast, they, they have a clue. They no. they not know. No, that's no, mad, no. isn't it? You always start saying to me, is, is that part of Britain? And yeah. you only say that to That's it. Oh, that's game over. That's like, yeah. yeah. So, and I remember being in Canada, in, 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 in uh, Montreal, uh, not Montreal, in Vancouver, with Catherine a few years ago. And we got in a taxi and we said we were right. Oh, that's in Scotland. Yeah. What? Oh, but not in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I lived on the West Coast in America. Yeah, you're having a clue. And you have the clue. You, no? you, you had to get uh, supervisors and all over to prove this wasn't monopoly money. Yeah. That it was real money. But I found the Americans not very clever, you know. They're very gullible, very, very gullible. But I remember we, when we were in New York, the first time we played in New York, so we said, we had dopes, so we said the thing, we had to take a hot dog, a burger and a pizza. You have to invent in America, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we said to, to, to him, I'm going to get five large pizzas. Have you ever been to America? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know the large pizza? Yeah, it wouldn't fit through the door. It's about the size of the thing. You'd have to go through the door. But you wouldn't slice, you wouldn't slice it, will you? So we are going knocking on people's doors in the hotel. Do you want this? Yeah. But anyway, when we are going the next day, the deal manager pays for everything. So he pays all the hotel bills and all, you know. So he goes in. So we had five band members and four crew on him. So it's ten rooms. So he says, right, he says, I'm Aslan, man tour manager. I'll pay. And the woman says, well, that's, say, $110 for, for three or four, $110. He's now I'll pay all the rooms. And she's going, oh, no, 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 it's $110 for three or four. Pay yeah. He's now I'm paying all. She got a manager out, a supervisor, about 10 people all trying to work out. Just add the 10 fucking rooms together. together yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when we lived over there, we used it because... They don't know anything about Ireland, so they used to say to us, like, what's it like living there? Like, they'd say, like, they'd quote a film and be like, have you seen this film? Yeah. And they'd be like, it's blatant, like, Lord of the Rings or something, you know what I mean? One of the biggest films, of course we have. And, uh, so we started catching on that they were gullible and we wind them up, so, uh, they were like, how are you finding the living here? And I was like, you know what, it's fucking great. Uh, we, you can do this, you can do that. And the other day, uh, what day was that, lads? Wednesday, yeah, that was fucking class. Can't wait for that next year. And they were like, what do you mean next year? I was like, we don't have Wednesday in Ireland. They're like, is that come once a year over here? <laughs> oh, and I'm not even that, I'm not a messing lads yet, they used to believe it. And oh, they go, say so, yeah. And they go, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday we have in Ireland. We don't have fucking Wednesday. <laughs> and we were going up like, is that come once a year? They used to always have a parade for that and all. And they were like, what? <laughs> you don't have Wednesday? So like, they'd be saying that I'm eating all ring and I'm eating all like, oh, I'm having a lot of Irish guys, yeah. You know, they don't have Wednesday in Ireland and all. And like, you was fucking easy. It's like, <laughs> We were talking to a bloke today and he was talking to another fellow and he was in a different city. Yeah. <laughs> and he was saying, yeah, on the phone. And we were going, what, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> That's how gullible they are. Why did yeah. they live in England? And she, she was fucking Irish. But she went over there now when she was like 15 or something. Because mm. remember saying about my ma's ma? Yeah. So when my ma, ma's ma was in England, when they all reached 15, she used to get them to come over because they go down. So she couldn't have brought them all over. Yeah. But she used to think we, we didn't know what colour tellies were and all over there. She was shocked when she heard we had colour televisions there. Yeah. And this is only 20 years ago. And it's Matty Mary. 20, 40 years ago, yeah. anyways. It's mad, like. So, so, you know, but see, you have to understand, see America, 80% of Americans have never moved. Been elsewhere the cities. 40, 40 kilometres from the point of the yeah. So 80% of yeah. it have Is that true, though? Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. Wow. Don't have passports. Yeah. 80% don't have passports, have never moved. 
from uh, 40 kilometres uh, 80% yeah 80% a fellow who walked to it was saving up all year and he was only going like a state over so like the flight was only an hour and I was like oh no well, that's bad he's like yeah it's my first holiday and I'll be first time leaving the state and I was like what we think if we look at, we, we look at the telly here and, and you know we get a few American tourists here and we think they're flopping over here they're not no, no. that's what I'm saying when I was in Alabama remember saying about the sign there and I remember we went, remember we just got to that pool hall and I'd be playing pool and I swear to it I was like something out of, out of a movie right so when I'm playing pool and I was in Dry County so there's no alcohol in it yeah so I'm playing, playing pool with these youngers that we went over to see and there's these, and they have, you know, the, 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 yeah, yeah. And every time I go to take a shot, he'd get the white ball and he'd go like that. And I'd flinch. Yeah. And then he'd kind of throw it up. Like, like some, you know, bleeding straw that was melt. Yeah, he'll be. Yeah. And like this, as I said, this is in my life, so I'm not that long ago. And I was telling him earlier, there was a sign on the, on the town, and it's got a place called Cullman County, right? And there was a sign when they're driving into the town, I said, um, nigger. Don't let the sun set in your ass in Cullman County. And I said to him, man, I said, what the fuck is that sign? I said, how the fuck is allowed that a sign in that town? And he says, blacks are allowed to come into the town to work, but the sunset is to be out there. So they're not allowed to live in the town, right? So when we were leaving the place we were staying in, the house we were staying in, he was moving back to Ireland. So all his neighbours bunched together and bought his gaff so he couldn't sell it to a black. It's mad. Ah, it's this is crazy so like when I got there I thought this is back in the 50s like John F. Kennedy time that's yeah. when all that happened that's still going on this is still going on over there yeah. and I'm sorry for using that N word there but I had to no but you know mm. so like some of the places in America are well I worked in California and uh, it was a shoe shop like selling runners and a black fella came in and you have to what they train is you have to come over and greet people like it's not the same here you go into JD no one goes near you until you need help over there you have to come over welcome uh, thanks for coming in have a good day you know all that yeah. so I'd walk over and no black fella would want to talk to me he'd go to another black fella to talk and then uh, they'd be like oh blah 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 he's Irish and then he'd come back over and he'd talk to me then because it's just what's you know what I mean? It's a the void that you have. It's yeah. a lot of racial tension over there. It's a shame, like this day and age. You know, like, one thing about the Irish is they integrate, you know. And I see a lot of foreign people coming into Ireland not integrating, and I don't really th- I don't think that's the way forward. Mm. I think mm. you need to integrate with everybody, you know, because it stops. You know, for example, when I when I got sick first, I was in the hospital for about eight months, right, and then I'm in a wheelchair for about a year. So I hadn't gigged for say two years or something like that. So two of us were on our bollocks financially, right? So I went to go on disability, so I got the social welfare to come out. So how much do you spend on your Sky television? How much is your mortgage? How much do you spend on water? How much do you spend on food? So they went through everything. And Catherine's ahead, so she was working part-time because she was looking after me. So she was earning 250 a week. And so she was earning 50 euros too much for me to be eligible for for them. So anyway, the next day, about two day, two or three days, I'm paying my mortgage in the post office. And this foreign dude comes in, and he walks up to the counter, and 50s, boom, 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 boom. The man's walking out with a wad of 50s. And I'm here, lived, paid taxes here all my life, and I'm not entitled to fuck off. Now, that, that breeds racism, because mm. I nearly walked out there thinking, Fucking that contact again. Yeah. 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 It's not him, he's not the problem. Yeah. The, the, the system's the problem, problem, yeah. But it turns people into racists. And when we're 
when we're occupying ourselves with all those things, even like now that we're occupying ourselves with the pandemic, we're not looking at all the other shit that's going on. Where's all the problems that have normally existed in Ireland, politically, for the last year? Where is the, the problems are still there. Yeah. But no, nobody's talking about our health service being in shit. Exactly, that's what we're talking about. Nobody's talking about the homelessness. Yeah. Nobody's talking about anything. All oh, pandemic, pandemic. Before so the pandemic, the healthcare system was on its knees. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see how it's changed. Yeah. But nobody's talking about any of this shit. Nobody's talking about people sleeping in town and dying and fucking down in the streets. Mm. Nobody's talking about that. You know, it's the same. Like, you look at the, the, the addiction problem, just to get back to the addiction thing for a second, right? In Portugal, the Portuguese Prime Minister was looking out. Portugal was a lot worse than Ireland in regards to heroin addiction, right? So he was looking at the whole fucking system, the way it was going, right? So when he got into power, he stopped, he, he, he decriminalised heroin, right? So it meant if you were caught with a bag of heroin, yeah. you went. But if you were caught with a ton of it, you were locked up, right? Yeah. But if you were caught with a bag of it, you went, you went criminalised, right? So you went locked up. So he saved money. On the police, the, the police system, because the police yeah. ran around that. Yeah, the prison system. system as well. They, 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 they save money on the prison system and the judicial system, because they were bringing them to court. Mm. All of that money, he put into addiction studies. So all the addicts that were trying to get free, he gave them microloans to start little businesses like your business, mm. to buy this equipment, yeah. for example. Do you know what I mean? At the moment, the heroin addiction in... Portugal is probably 50% of what it is here. It was probably 10 times worse than what it is here before this guy got into power. Yeah. So it proves that that system is working. It definitely, yeah. So why, is, why have you not adopted why it? Why not just do the same why fucking not thing? Instead of looking at people dying in the streets, as I said, when I started off, I never thought it was going to end up in Bray banging gear into my neck, in, you know, in the jacks. Yeah. I never thought it was going to end up like that. I never wanted to end up like that. I didn't know how to, I didn't know what way it could help it. And there's addicts in Ireland today that don't, there's not enough, there's not enough, I know there are, say, there, there are, there are um, uh, rehab centres and all, there's not enough though. No. There's not enough research, there's not enough research has gone into it. Yeah, they don't want to know. They don't want to know. The money, what it is. They get the money that they're spending knocking these kids up, you know, who would never be criminals, I did criminal things when I was strung out to get money for gear. You know, I'm not going to say it here because I'd be locked up. <laughs> but I had to do it yeah. to, to keep me habit going, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it was decriminalised, you wouldn't have to be doing all that shit, do you know what I mean? So there's a lot to be said for it. And there's a lot to be said for this government not doing it. Like, they tried to open an injection centre and, yeah. and, and they gone fucking mental. Right, so they're going mental in town because there was a school at the back of the... the, the, the so you'd rather see them yeah. doing it in the fucking laneway yeah. and in every doorway in town. Yeah. You'd rather see people lying dead and syringes all over the street, but you don't want this supervised centre in your city. What the fuck is that all about? But even the, putting one into the city centre is no good. Because I remember when I was strung out, when you've got your gear, you're looking for the first place you can go to to get it into you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're usually sick and you're trying to get rid of the sickness. So you're not going to travel from Thingless to town. To go to an injection site, do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, but I think it was the, the it was that's where they were getting it from, wasn't it? If that's where they put it there, because mm. said most people are travelling into town. To yeah, get it. but if they put them everywhere, you wouldn't be travelling into town. Yeah, well, that's I mean? then the dealer would have to travel out to the centres. No, the, the dealer thing. won't travel. The dealer, if, if there's an, an injection place in Finglas, 
Where is the dealer going to drive into town to sell his gear? Yeah. No, that's what I mean. The yeah. dealer, that's so, where they're So if you start putting them everywhere, yeah. you know he's putting one in town. Do you know yeah, what I mean? that's just a one in town. Yeah. That's budget. What that is, that's like the token black in the movies years ago, where he threw one black guy into the movie to say, look, we're not racist. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's just a token to keep us pledged. But that's what it is, yeah. Wait. And then, not, what happened? It didn't go ahead in the end. No, still not. It's still not. It still hasn't gone ahead. Mm. I mean, it's still in the pipeline. But as I said, putting one in Merchant's Key is not the fucking answer. Mm. Putting, you need them everywhere, everywhere. And that, that'll fucking put it. And you need all the money that they're putting into locking people up and putting them in court and solicitors and all mm. that shit. Put all that money into, into studies and into rehab and yeah. see, see how that sort of Well, like, I said that on this before, but I know somebody that got caught with a joint, a grass, and a copper actually came up and valued that as five euro worth of grass. And they got a summons to court over that. And it turns out someone actually reached out to us when they heard me talking about it and said, eh, copper gets overtime for going to court. Yeah. So it's in their best interest. I got caught with a few roaches in me actually years ago, right? And when I got to court, the copper came up to me outside the court. The court used to be there at, um, what's the name of that? You know, Bridewell, that's a Bridewell back in yeah. Bridewell there. Yeah. And the copper came up court. to me and he's looking, I'm embarrassed. Going to court at this, like it was point oh oh fucking three of a gram or something. Yeah, like it was like just a yeah. little hashy found in the roach. You know the roach at the end. So he said, "Look," and he says, "I'm embarrassed that this is even gone to court." He said, "No, you know." And I did slister and all because I said, "I'm not fucking getting," because I was afraid I'd get conviction and then I wouldn't get into the states. Yeah. You know? So I had all that in my head. So anyway, he said, "Don't worry about this. It's not a problem." And all right. So went in. The court case came up. So I said, look, you're on. I was on me. He went to the guard, stopped me. He, I was, I, so I was asking me going to this place, scoring it, number hash, where they used to sell it in England, right? So I says, I was on my way home and walk when the guard stopped me, you're on, and the cop went, here's a map of Christy Dignam's house. Here's the site of the dealers, and this is where we caught him. There's no way he was on his way home from fucking work. That's not on his way home. He went hell bent. After saying to me outside, it's all right. look, I forget about this. I'm sorry this has even got to the courts. I'm embarrassed and all this. He was just putting me out of my guard. And then had the neck and to then jump up like that. hammer and tongs to get a conviction. Now, I was lucky that things worked out that I didn't get a conviction that day, you know. But I, I, I can't even get into America now. And Because I was on the late, late show talking about what you, we talked about earlier on. So when I was going to the, you know, they go through the immigration. Yeah. So it, it, years ago, we used to go through the immigration in um, in Shannon. And you'd get off the plane, you'd go through the immigration, and then you'd re-board. Yeah. So I'm sitting, and there's this big long corridor. And I seen the bloke who I'd come through, the immigration officer, with a bloke in a suit walking down this corridor. And I looked, and I said, he's coming for me. I just fucking know. Straight over to me. He said, my colleague here seen you on a TV chat show, and he discussed the medical problem you had. And I says, yeah. He says, did you put that on your visa application? And I says, uh, I said, I didn't think it was relevant. I says, like it was 20 years ago. Like, I didn't think it was relevant to today, you know? And he says, I says, have you ever used an illegal drug and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I'm kind of going, ducking and diving. So he let me through, you know? He says, well, go ahead. So I'd been, I, as I said, I lived in New York for a year practically. So I had a multiple indefinite visa, so I didn't have to apply my visas every yeah. time I was going to the States because I was actually in and out of it that much. So this day, when I came home from that trip, there was a letter from the embassy to go and see the see somebody in the embassy. So I went to the embassy and I'm sitting down with this head 
and he's saying, did you lie on your application? And I said, no, I didn't lie. I says, I didn't think it was relevant. It was 20 years ago. I'd even forgotten about it, to be honest with you. So he says, yeah, but isn't that a lie? Like, because like, you did. And I said, I didn't lie. I didn't. So this was going on about 20 minutes, right? And my passport was open on the desk. And then after about 20 minutes, I just got a pain in my bollocks. And I said, right, technically I lied. The minute I said it, just pull me visa, me passport, revoke it, yeah, throw it back at me. That's it. And any time, a few times we've got, even when McGregor was fighting in Vegas, mm. he asked us to go over and play at the, in the hotel for McGregor, you know, and uh, we tried to get fees, we give me a visa. Fucking hell. Doorboards, I didn't even for that, like, that's just a load of bollocks. And I said this to him that day, I said, hold on. I said, you are sending him leaving court conveying over to us. At the time he was a lawyer, you know. I said, he's strung out now. I said, he's telling us he's strung out now. I said, and he's coming into our country. And you're stopping me for something I did 20 fucking years ago. Yeah. And she says, we're not stopping you for that. We're stopping you for lying to you. So we're going, maybe we're going over with you. Remember that day? So we're going over, Catherine Ma was dying, right? So she's, behold, she's 80, 88 or something. And we're going over to Los Angeles to her sister. And uh, cause she wanted to see her before she died kind of thing. So we're going over with Kira, her husband, my grandson, Catherine and her ma. Yeah. So we're all, so Catherine says, they, they, we arrived at Dublin Airport and we had a VZ out. I say, oh, I said, no. No, 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 no. You know, just everything. Through the minute. Because I'd been in, as I said, I'd lived there, so I'd been in and out of the airport hundreds of times. Yeah. In and, out, and I didn't even think about it, you know. So just as we're going through, they pulled me in, I go, okay. So he won't pause me outside. She says, uh, we asked you where you ever refused. And one of the times you were going to America, they asked us where we gigging over there. And we said, no, we're just going over for press stuff. And they opened up the Village Voice in New York, as I'm playing, such and such, as I'm playing. So a lot of the gigs were in the fucking New York newspaper thing. So he refused us. And at the time, all our gear had gone to America. So our roadies were all over in America, but no money. And that was a gear, do you know what I mean? And we were all, we were in Shannon, so we had to get trains home from Shannon to Dublin. So this oh, was the yeah. time we were refused, you know? So when I said this, have you ever been refused? I just put no. So uh, she says, uh, but what about such and such? And I said, Jesus. And I completely forgot about it. Because I'd been to America maybe 10 times after that refusal, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, it was just like, fucking forgotten about it. Mm. It'd be like getting a bus, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd done it that many times. So... <laughs> she says no when, so then she says can you fill this out there's an electronic fingerprint thing I said you can get that and shove it up your hole I said you're not letting me come into your country and you want me to fill that out and put me fingerprint I said go fuck she says don't lose your head because you're angry now but sometime you'll want to come I said I never want to go near your fucking country I said I didn't even want to go to your country I said I'm only going because it's the fucking band I said I never want to because of my family I said I never want to go to your country again shove it up your hole so and, and eventually um, I think that's the last one so she said here's your case right so they gave me my case back you know so they took her off your flight fuck off back home <laughs> so I got home so there I've gone to America I'm here on my own I opened up the case Oh, Raymond's knickers. They <laughs> <laughs> gave me a Raymond's case with no bleeding clothes for two weeks. So I'm walking around with Raymond's knickers. <laughs> so you know, yeah. so you haven't so been back. I haven't been back to the States. So the last time then was the McGregor team. And we went in. So 
the flight was at, we say, 2 o'clock, and we're in the embassy at 11 o'clock, trying to argue with them to get a visa. So he almost says, it takes 18 days. Once you apply, she said, when you apply for a visa, you have to apply for a waiver. Now, yeah, you know, because of this. So it's once you get your waiver, it'll be no problem. Yeah. It takes 18 days to get a waiver. This is the flight in two hours. <laughs> I says, 18 days is not going to cut it, you know what I mean? So right. then I just stopped bothering me. So we've got loads of gigs since in the States. I just went for them. Do them all over them anyway. Yeah, fuck yeah, every one of them. That, you know. Yeah. I don't need it. You don't need to go to America. You've been in some states already, Chris. All <laughs> 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 the states. I know this one more question. I know it's getting late now, and we kept you long enough. What's your favorite song to perform? We have a song called "Broken Soul." So when I was when I was strung out, I was um, with me me heart split up, you know. So I'm trying to milk my way back in. <laughs> So we wrote, we wrote this song, and it's a great fucking song, isn't it? It's an amazing song. But it's, when I was singing it, you could hear it was strung out on it, turning it up and it cracked out. Anybody listening to it thinks, Jesus, you know, it's a bit, it sounds a bit rough. But if you listen to the lyrics of it and think of what it's about, it, it'd make more sense to yeah. So it's if I record this and stick it in the letterbox, we tug her out. Get her out of the dog. The thing she put up it, I remember thinking, yeah, she had been strung out. There's no way I'd have put up with what she put up with. Mm, yeah. For as long as she did, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like we had cars smashed up here. You know, you know. I won't say his name, I'll tell you after, after this. But he's from your area. Yeah, sorry to hear. Smashed up the <laughs> two cars, two cars, I can't kind of see that. Come out when they killed them, smashed the bits, paint, all the acid paint poured over them. Every window in the two of them smashed. This happened a few times. And at the time, I was at the end of a, a, a jag, a knee tight jag off this mate of mine had it like a, a vintage car yeah and I had a party outside and all the fucking the, the gear that you were throwing on my car splashed onto his car this vintage fucking fuck next door's car was damaged the fucking so she fucked that was the last straw so I came home after that day and I tried to get in I couldn't change the locks fucked you know and I was living then you know you know um, do you know uh The flats, you know the flat, the Liberty House flats. Yeah. You know the back road, and there's these them red brick houses. Yeah. I was staying in one of them houses. The man was. Where the fire station is. Yes. So yeah, down there. there. So I was staying there. The man was kind of. I was buying him crack to let me sleep in his gap at the time. So it was just so. I was uh, couch surfing for a few days, and then I ended up living in Ballymore for about a year and. I was in Ballymun one day, I was on my bollocks and I had a penny, I was living on the sixth floor and I threw the penny over the counter and I counted how long I took to the ground. And I said, if I fuck myself off this in a, a second and a half, all this shit will be over. Because I felt like I was just hurting this, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I said, like, they'd be sorry for a week or two and then they'd get on with their lives. But this way I'm just keep fucking and visit, visiting on that yeah. place. So I just had the bottle to do it, you know. And just as well you didn't. Yeah. yeah. Thank God you didn't. No, listen, Christy, it was an absolute pleasure to yeah. sit down and have this chat with you. Thanks for cool. giving us your time and cool. appreciate You're it. an absolute yeah. legend, mate. Yeah. Thank you. And a bit of laugh off here as well. Yeah. So, so sad. Yeah, so, uh, thanks very much for that. Thanks for that.
Rap up, 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 rap up